Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is episode 5, The Glorious Warriors. We have six fantastic guests with us today, and we will be discussing the warrior class with intense detail. We've got the difference between strategy and tactics with Aurelius, as well as several different topics on equipment that should work better, why the shield could be a trap, and other things you might be missing to get from 6 to Paragon. With that, let's get into the episode. And we are live. All right, so this is episode... Wow, I had to do math. Five of the Paragon Path, the Glorious Warriors. Um, we have a really large group of people that are going to talk to you today. Um, instead of like our normal three, we have five people and then aggro is coming in through text. So uh, this is going to be fun and interesting. Um, we're going to start off with having all of our Paragons introduce themselves, starting with my video is what matters because it's the one getting recorded. So I'm going to start with my top corner, which is Belthio. What up? I am Warlord Sir Belthil, uh, Paragon ever since just before moving out to Polaris. So, man, what is that, like four, five years ago? Something like that. Ooh, I didn't write your history. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll move to magnus which is right next to me all right sir magnus uh been in the game for about 13 years so i started in 2007 um uh been a paragon like just near the turn of v8 uh it was actually uh lily that gave me my paragon warrior um <laughs> definitely one of my favorite classes um and very excited to talk about it all right, then we're going to move down to Lily, who just waved his hand. Uh, okay, let's see if I can do this. Uh, Sir, Warlord, Death, Lily, Megatron, Sunshine, the other stuff that people have added. Ta-da! Uh, uh, defenders and other stuff. That, that's always so pretentious, my God. Um, hi, I'm Sunshine. What's going on? Uh been playing since i guess 2012 um don't know when i got the paragon warrior now i know it was, it was fairly recent but like everything's a blur with the current you know situation everybody's in so you know there's that but it's a pretty pretty slick class so excited to, to be here to get to chat about it a little bit see what my my peers think about the warrior so it'll be very exciting all right and then next we have tiberius yo yeah, uh, this is Squire Tiberius. I started back in 2013. I actually got my Paragon Warrior earlier than I got the award. Like, I got an award for it, but I never got handed out due to uh, some issues with the, the Monarch at the time. <laughs> and then I got it at GAC four years ago, Great Adventure Challenge, four or five years ago. So... I actually had it like two years prior to that, but yeah. politics happen. Paperwork. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paperwork. Um, and then below me who unfortunately doesn't have video cause we're having technical difficulties is newly changed to Aurelius. Hi, I'm Al. Uh, decided I didn't want to flirt with COC three using my name anymore. So, uh, now I'm Aurelius, <laughs> uh, been playing <laughs> foam since 2009. Uh, stick fighting in general since 2004. Uh, Paragon in 2013. Uh, I will be the first to admit I know very little about Warrior in V8. 
Uh, most of my warrior time was in seven, five, seven, six, and seven, seven. But I know what I've seen other warriors who got their paragon in V8 did. So, uh, I'll do my best. You're good. And this is something that I've brought up a couple times because we've had people on that are not paragons, quote unquote, they're masters of the classes. A lot of the higher end difficulties and like tactical things don't change between edition. It's a lot of knowing your abilities, knowing how to manipulate the field and then just utilizing that to the best of the tactical situation, which we'll talk about. So that there's a, a good reason that we have people that aren't paragons, quote unquote, on the, the channel. So we have, you know, years of experience and being able to be tactical all around. Um, with that, we've got to set a rubric for ourselves. So we want to make sure we state what we think a paragon is versus uh, either a good player or a level six. Uh, oh, I forgot. Aggro is... Coming in through text, he's been playing for longer than me, but not by that much longer. And he got his Paragon a three years-ish, two, two or three years ago? Two. Two years ago? Two years ago. Um, I was the one to recommend him. Okay. Yeah. He's he's unfortunately unable to discuss with us, but he wrote down all his answers so I could tell you guys. So we have technically <laughs> six. There's a lot of people. Um, all right, so our... Uh, wow rubric a rubric for what is a paragon over a level six so let's start uh with magnus what do you think a level six versus a paragon is so for me a level six and this can go for almost any class but especially warrior uh the big difference between level six and a paragon is how well you utilize your entire kit uh, you could be a level six and, you know, kind of get by, uh, <clears throat> kill a few people here and there, but you need to make an impact with what you've got. And some of this is like you knowing who to taunt at the right time, or do you take up a flank here and there, especially with warrior being a martial class. A lot of what comes to being a warrior is knowing when to get in line, defend, when to hit a flank and attack, uh, who to taunt, who to, uh, like what actually even the life to, to use your ancestral armor on. There's actually just a lot of moving parts and being able to successfully do those to reach your maximum efficiency and maximum impact in the field is what really separates out a level six to a paragon to me. Makes a lot of sense. Um, let's jump to Tiberius. Yeah, I mean, Charlie's got the basis of that down that I would agree with. Uh, the one biggest part that I think that stands out to me is um, you become a master more of teamwork than being an individual at that point. Because, yes, you can be a level six and be any class. You can be a level six warrior, level, you know. But once you want to be a paragon, you have to be able to learn to work with whoever you're around and also work against whoever you're against. So I think um, it's reading the field more becomes how a paragon comes into play. And I can kind of put that to any class, really. So, Right. Agro very much agrees with you. He's got uh, a paragon is someone who understands all of the abilities and advantages of the class and leverages them as much as possible as needed against who... Uh, oh, as needed, period who also knows the ins and outs of the other classes and make up for their class shortcomings. So knowing your teammates, where they're going to be, you know, 
maybe someone's not as good on a flank because they don't make the best decision. You got to make sure you work with them to to get around that. Let's go to your knight, uh, Jamie. Sorry, so, Deathly Megatron Sunshine. That works. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, um, uh, all, all joking aside. Warlord, um, sir. I, you have almost as much titles as Michael. <laughs> No, not even close. He's like, sir, 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 sir. They reunited him and all his knights. That's off that's off topic, but fun stories from the old man. So I have kind of an interesting perspective on it now that I've moved to a different kingdom where I knew very few people. And since I've moved down here, I've almost become more of a solo player working my best using my own skills because, well, as some people are, even if I seem charismatic, I can be very shy and I don't want to talk to strangers. I don't know them <laughs> so hard. So I've had to learn some interesting skills that um, have applied to being effective on the field when I have to rely on pretty much myself or maybe a small group of people that I don't necessarily know but are comfortable enough to talk to. So that's been kind of interesting, and I think it plays into the part um, that's on there about the difference between a good stick jock and a paragon. Mm. The better I am at fighting, the stronger I can be at my class, especially when I have to solo play. I can pull a little more weight, and just being a knight guy of the sword, I suddenly get more... Um, people to come to me, which applies a lot of pressure on the field, which is, which is cool. So, anyways, it's it's a weird. I think it's kind of jumping to a bunch of other questions. So I don't want to like spoil too much of my thoughts, but um, I think someone uh, the difference between a paragon and someone who's level six is somebody who, in, in my opinion now, is who can carry their own weight regardless of their teammates being around or having people to work with. I'll, I'll cut it there. <laughs> Um, let's jump to Bell, and then we're going to modify the question slightly for Al, or Aurelius. I'm going to mess up your names and bounce back and forth, by the way, because I All know good. most of you. <laughs> yep. All good. Yeah, so uh, I think it's already been covered a lot and harped on. Uh, for me, the biggest differences are just knowledge and time in, because theoretically, you have knowledge of your class to get to level 6, because you should be taking the class level test or, or whatever, I think, V8 mandates. Uh, versus application. So I expect a Paragon to have like pristine application across the board. And a lot like Lily is talking about, I think in any situation, you should be a threat that is something the other team absolutely has to deal with. Again, regardless of your team. And to me, that's the biggest thing, the biggest difference between the two. Okay. Um, I lost my train of thought. It exploded. I apologize. It's been a long weekend. Um, we'll jump to uh, Aurelius. Now, you are... I think you have either tied for or are the longest playing in this chat. Um, and have a viewpoint... I think it's between me and Magnus. Yeah. Yeah, um, 2007 here. If you count SCA time, it's 2004 for me. But if you only count okay. foam, then uh, 2009. Okay. So, I mean, that's the... Fighting is fighting for the most part. Um, you've seen a lot of versions of Warrior pass through. You are not a Paragon in V8, but you are very tactical and strategical minded. What is your opinion on the level six to Paragon change? So the two big things that Magnus and others have not already hit on are being able to fill multiple roles with the class. So Warrior is a very versatile class, depending on how you kit out, depending on how you use your abilities, and where you field. So Lily Sunshine already hit on some of this as well. 
with being able to be a solo player. So you should be able to run with a group, uh, use all the abilities of the group uh, to leverage uh, heavy advantages and push forward. You should also be able to fill gaps in the line, and you should also be able to be an anvil for the rest of your team to work around. Uh, the other big one is the understanding of interactions of all abilities. Uh, Barbarian a has a bigger problem with that than Warrior does, but I have seen a lot of confusion about Ancestral Armor, and a Paragon should be able to not only get it right every time in and of themselves, but they should be able to identify from 10, 20, 30 feet away that somebody has a question about it and be able to jump in and say, hey, this is how it works. Knowledge about your class and every other class is a, is a huge part of making that jump from being a good player to being a Paragon, because then you're not asking yourself questions and taking those mental cycles to, you know, figure out if that ice ball counted. You're just, I know, no, it didn't. I have a, I have ancestral armor on. It didn't hit my shield. I don't care. Keep going. Um, we've said that in almost every Paragon path so far that knowing your class and other, and everybody else's class, not better than them, but knowing multiple classes and how they interact with your Paragon class or the class you're trying to go for Paragon makes a big difference in your ability to keep stepping forward on that uh, sometimes arduous journey. Uh, all right. Three things you wish you knew when you started playing Warrior or started on your Paragon path. Uh, let's start with Jamie. Aha, having to unmute. So, so challenging. Um, all right. So three things I wish I knew when I started playing Warrior slash Paragon path. Um, well, this wasn't like my, my first uh, Paragon, so it's kind of an interesting thing, because at this point when I decided to push for Warrior specifically, I had that knowledge already. But um, the thing for Warrior specifically is um, how important I think the kit is. If you're going to try to do it, then being comfortable in your armor will really help you be more effective on the field, because there's plenty of people who buy... Um, unsized cool kits and they make the best of it which is totally fine <laughs> and there's plenty of guys who do a great job with this but like I, I can't count the number of times I've like slashed my neck from like big old shoulder pieces and you know uh, just the bruises <laughs> and the cuts from my armor and at a certain point during the day you're like oh this is awful I don't want to wear this anymore I just got to take this off and do something else and if you still play warrior then you're just so much less effective so um the three things, I, I could give you a lot, but I'll sum it up to my kit being super important, um, getting that kind of squared away, and obviously you make improvements as you play. Um, making sure that I had uh, some tips and tricks from my, my peers or uh, the people that I think are just the absolute tip top of this, like what to look out for might have been good, like, um, hey, that wizard's going to mess you up, or uh, hey, go get Enlightened Soul, it's going to really be helpful like if you don't know that you have a bad time <laughs> um and i, I think that uh, I'll, I'll cut it there because i could talk forever but those are three things i'd like the, the kit knowing um what to look out for and what to grab for like enchantments and stuff to help make your class stronger yeah it's a knowing the, we'll talk about it a little later because we've got one of the questions about how to make the most out of your armor enchantments make a lot of how that functions better instead of you know you running out of armor two minutes into the game you got to figure out how to make it last um aurelius how would you what are three things you wish you knew well i've uh, played warrior twice in v8 so i've only got two things 
uh, big one being mobility. Uh, the strongest warriors I've seen are the ones that have a kit that fits them well and they can move well. And just to echo what Lily was saying, uh, I've seen a lot of warriors wearing six points of armor that they can't or they can barely move in, and they just get torn to shreds by a, a monk with no armor. <laughs> versus warriors with only three or four points of armor that are able to do everything a paragon should be able to do, even though they're not maxed out. So mobility is critical. And then the other one is uh, responsiveness of kit. Uh, one of the problems I've seen and have in fact experienced, because I make a lot of armor, is if it's too protective, that also ends up making you a uh, liability on the field. And that if somebody comes up and drum rolls you and you don't notice that you've been hit, suddenly you become a cheater, whether or not you intended to be or even <laughs> knew you were being one. So you need to know that you're being hit. That is a factor that we don't think about often. Like, is your armor too good? <laughs> it could be a legitimate I, problem. In my early days, I had horrible problems with that because I've had high quality SCA armor that I took to Penzik and didn't get bruised. Like I was I had a 300 pound former ranger shove me through a gate bodily and didn't get a bruise from it. A foam stick. I didn't even notice I was being hit half the time. Right. It's a, it's a, so I ended balance. up, right. So I ended up changing up entirely to, even if I couldn't feel it, I could at least hear it. Right. So that's another critical thing, figuring out how your armor interacts with other players. That's a, a factor. I did not think of uh, that. You really do have to pay attention to, cause it's, um, we're trying not to cheat. Unfortunately, our game is not realistic enough to give us like the imaginary ability that your arm is now not usable or something like that. Um, Magnus, what about you? Three things. So this is going to be echoing and another echoing um, kit. Um, when, when Jamie mentioned uh, big fancy shoulder plates and uh, big chunky armor, that's, absolutely what my kit currently still is my goal is to actually get another kit built or bought in some way shape or form um i actually cauliflowered out my left ear because of it like there's actually like forever like more cartilage and spots where it should be it shouldn't be here all because i took went to take a swing and i brought up my shield to defend against something and that shoulder plate slammed straight into my head and it was a bad time um <laughs> So I really wish when I did originally have the money to buy all my gear, somebody was like, hey, man, function over form. Yeah, it looks cool. You look like some sort of World of Warcraft warrior, but maybe you shouldn't. And uh, <laughs> nobody is there to stop me when I was hitting that buy button, and here I am. Um, it looks really cool as a display piece right now. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> I can really say with that. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, that's the biggest thing is make sure you get a kit that actually works for you and not against you. That's the biggest thing. Mine worked against me and I paid for it in pain. Like running around, trying to keep up and do things. It, it hurt and it sucked. Um, another thing is, uh, so that's the first, first and foremost thing. Uh, another thing to reiterate with this as well, it falls into the armor category, but I wish when I first started out, this was V7 Magnus from eons ago because warrior was my first class was the importance of leg armor in general is so incredibly high in our game and there are so many people that play warrior that do not have leg armor 
it's just buy it. Just I wish I knew that ahead of time too. Just get leg armor. Um, and then for the third thing was uh, just all the unique things. And this could have been from reading the rules a little bit more when we switched to V V8 amp guard. Was just how incredibly awesome ancestral armor actually can be when utilized correctly. Uh, you can turn into a one-man wrecking crew if you do it correctly, and it is beautiful. Um, never underestimate the ancestral armor. That's I mean, that's what I points got. Points of armor, ba- like you put it on, yeah. now you have six points against crush break, and you ignore some spell balls. Like that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I would say even majority of spell balls, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's nuts. Uh, just make sure you know what you know what stops it or what goes through it. That um, skipping wizard with DMAG and Battle Mage. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about armor fitting really well. And Bell, you are wearing a piece of armor that you showed off. Can't hit your ears very easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can come all the way up. It hits my headphones a little bit, but I can go all the way vertical and it won't impact my head. Because like Charlie, I'm a big fan of them, them blade breaker pauldrons. And uh, <laughs> they hit your head when you raise your head over your arm. Or where you raise your arm over your head. It's uh, not good. Yeah. There's a reason that like the glitching happens in World of Warcraft whenever they're fighting. The shoulders are just going through their arm, their heads. Yeah. Their I bodies. didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, about what are three things that you uh, wish you would have known at the beginning? Yeah. Uh, so, the the majority of your power comes from all of your equipment, and that's not just the armor, right? Like people focus on the armor a lot because warrior can wear the most of it, mm-hmm. but just in general uh say like you have swords and stuff like that they get broken by you blocking arrows and stuff you need more equipment and you're not always going to have a scavenge available for getting it so bring literally a whole truckload of weapons and stuff out onto the field and that can supplement your power because you can do stuff like that and not have to worry about having a scavenge available so the more equipment you can have you have access to all of it bring it all uh, next thing is one of the things that I used to love to do and I don't so much anymore is I liked to carry a shield a lot because like, hey, this is like primary line of defense and then my armor is secondary line of defense. And my mindset has changed on that as the more armor I got, the less like the more I felt a shield got in the way and I wanted to be able to trade up in those situations instead. So what's the point of wearing all this armor if I'm just going to get like if I'm just going to block it all day with my shield or something, I want to be creating an environment where people are swinging on me and I'm hitting them back. So the more armor you have, I tend to find the less, uh, the less valuable a shield is to me personally, just the way that I want to do stuff. And then also the biggest thing is keeping track of armor and all of your points, especially because it's location based. Uh, and a lot of times you're getting whacked on by multiple people. If you're, you know, in the middle, ah, going against everybody, it's going to be a humongous pain and always erring on the side of fair, like trying not to screw people over because of that, because it's, it becomes a, a cluster when, a, when you're engaging multiple people or just keeping track of multiple hit locations. So keeping track of the armor, third most important thing that I didn't realize when I started out big pain. It's a lot of math that you got to just keep going through in your head. Yeah. Fast math. Fast, yeah, it's fast. Yeah, absolutely. There's some tricks to help with that, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out how to track it on your own. Mm-hmm. All right, Ty, three things. 
Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them were covered, but I'm just going to kind of go through my own little version of it. Um, like Charlie said, leg armor. I, I started out V7. I had my chain mail and I was like, all right, four points right off the bat. I'm like, feel good. And then leg, and, you know, drop down and then leg again and then drop down. So I was like, after my first event, I got home and I just sewed together some like chap gambeson for one point of armor and the entire game changed for me. It was just like leg fucking beat, beat, beat. Okay, done. <laughs> All right. Put other leg forward when fighting now. <clears throat> so that leg armor changes, I think, the entire game. Even if you just wear your gambeson and have like a point ever everywhere, makes you a little more effective than anything. But yeah. Um, and then as uh, Bell said, like to diversify your weapons, um, you like, yeah, you can wear the most points of armor, but you also have the most melee, like most melee stuff. So you can span your, your weapon class to basically anything. Um, you're going, you're going in the woods. Maybe you don't need that 15 foot pole to <laughs> go wrong in there. Maybe you should probably, you know drag along those two swords and your shield kind of bring along depending on the scenario and then um everyone kind of like doesn't real like disregards it a lot but we actually have one ranged weapon and it's kind of a a thing yeah the javelin and if i would have known more I'm like hey you know dealing with those annoying uh or spell casters running at them just tossing that to make them take a single step you're like hey <laughs> there you go suddenly i jump got the jump on them and now i can kill them so uh the, those three things i think if anyone's gonna start out just make sure you realize you have those three and you'll have at least a, a good foot against anyone else for a leg <laughs> get that leg armor we've talked about that on the the paladin one the the um javelins are super nice and they're basically a break con for melee caster like melee classes you just have to make someone move or you wound them or kill them. Same yeah. result. <laughs> like they move, they have to stop casting unless they're a, you know, wizard with battle mage. And then they're skipping around the field like a maniac. And you just got to <laughs> sprint to chase them down. Um, Agar agrees with all you guys. Uh, he says his biggest hurdle was getting armor that suited him um, and where he could get it from. He's got, uh, I think it's from Russia or something like that. It's over in Eastern Europe, uh, Brigandine that's fits in pretty, pretty tight, which works really well. Um, it was not cheap. If I remember correctly, uh, you guys have a, a large expenditure to get through first before you can even like get your six points. Um, well, you can either spend a boatload of money on armor or spend even more on tools to make it. <laughs> you can, you can do it pretty cheap. Um, Megiddo, Noah Smith, he uh, had gotten some like ancient manuscripts from like 1290 on some <laughs> cool um, armor designs. It's not in English, it's, it's really something else. And we built this armor and it weighs about three pounds per section on my body. So it's uh, it's stellar, uh, minimal coverage, take advantage of how Ampguard works. And it maybe cost me like 50 bucks. Wow. So. Uh, well, it could have been done cleaner and nicer, but you hide it behind <laughs> canvas and no one can see my ugly, ugly work. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, if you want to look cool with like sweet, shiny armor and stuff, you know, Bell has got a much uh, cooler looking kit. But I'm going for like 100%. How do I min max my 
my weight. That's not a shot at that kit because I love your kit. I think it looks great. Oh, um, but for me, that was my monetary option. I just, uh, 50 bucks and labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you anyway. can make a suit of chain mail for several weeks of your time and $25, <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks. <laughs> your time's not worth anything. Uh, you know, I... <laughs> like I know the, the change to, from V7 to V8 also killed the most cash effective way to reach six points because you had yeah, Penny Brig and Washer Brig and all these very different types of Brig and you slap a Gambison under that, you're at six points and you were good to go. Um, I actually used to have a suit of that kind of stuff. It was all full Brig, that was actually probably my favorite suit of armor. And then uh, when V8 came around, I think it was worth two points or three points. Like yeah. it was, Nerf it became crap. worthless. So it was like scrap. I actually, I gave it away at that point because I'm like, well, this is worthless. Like it's too heavy for something that's worth two points. And I don't see the rules changing anytime soon for it, unfortunately. Okay. So the, the one thing that aggro has that you guys didn't mention was learning to talk to your team like a general and like being able to talk and direct your team around the field. Um, <laughs> that was his one change. This one thing that he wished he learned to do better at the beginning. Um, no, no, no. That's the paladin check. It had everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> let Michael tell me about everything. Tell me what to do. Boss. <laughs> you need that guy dead. All right. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you guys, several of you have made uh, your name was got more recognition from making those bigger pushes at bigger battle games, like keep on the borderlands. I know Charlie, there's a story about you leading a charge of like five to 10 people through a doorway and just barreling through with force. It was totally safe. (laughs) And only one guy got trampled and I had nothing to do with it. Good job, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't involved. <laughs> that, that was the one that I think earned me my paragon, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> be, sa- shortest, be safe. The shortest of recaps, I, I promise. Um, <laughs> this may cover something else. I, I'm not going to reread through the thing real quick to, to tell the quick little story, but um, Warrior shines so well in objective games because of the number of points of armor that you have. And in that particular instance that earned Charlie this thing, um, Okay, I was involved. I, I got a, every warrior that I could find or every person in armor together, and we essentially made a wedge, and we went through the gates of keep. And all I did is push them forward, and Charlie is a wonderful soul for this because he's a, I can do that thing, I'm going to go do it, and be damned the consequences to me. I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, obviously, be safe to everyone else. But in this case, you know, I, I know this guy can do this, and I know that we want to get to that objective. So if you put all these guys in armor, and you have them all march forward, they literally could not hit them more times than they had points of armor before we would get to the objective to take the objective. It's simple. They, don't, they, didn't even have to they didn't even have to fight. They just had too many points. Like, And um, it was me or somebody else walked in behind all of them and took the point, and yeah, we scored. That's it. Game. G. GG. Good job, guys. It's very, very neat, and it's an underlooked strategy that sometimes they don't even have to swing their swords if there's just enough of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know for that that specific scenario, I held up my shield as hard as I could and just left it in that one spot and just, like, went forward and just kept going forward and pushing and pushing and pushing. It's like, yep, I got hit a lot now. Yep, uh, uh, dead. But at that point, I called dead, and a few seconds later, the game was done. So, you know, sometimes you got to sack yourself to get a W for any class, but Warrior can do it better. 
I mean, you basically got three lives. Like, yeah, it's a lot of health. I mean, if you count hits as health, you've got a lot. Like, yeah, the only thing that I think you can the only thing I think you can contend is barbarian with life after death, and that's only seven seconds. Yeah. I mean, you can do a lot in seven seconds, but seven seconds is still seven seconds. Yeah. Um, this is a question that we added in for this one. What are some common mistakes to avoid when playing warrior? Um, let's start with Ty. Uh, yeah. My, like, I actually wrote this one down because I thought it was really, uh, uh, just because you have the most armor does not make you invincible. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I mean, in the scenario we just stated, yeah, your point was to be, like, that that breakthrough, and yes, people will die. But, like, don't go in there solo. If he if Charlie did the, that same thing by himself, that would be stupid. Oh, yeah. It would it would be like, eh, all right. Well, I have six points of armor. Yeah, but you just fought 20 people. So, um, that's a huge part of it. And I mean, that's yeah that's basically my biggest thing about it just know you're not invincible and know that you still have limits or know if okay you're wearing more you can heat yourself up a little more if you don't have to push yourself all the time don't like know to take your take your little breaks when you need to so you can last longer in the fight so yeah uh we're gonna go reverse zigzag from this so that would be belfield yeah, uh, I think Ty touched on it perfectly. Biggest thing that I always do that I still routinely make mistakes with is overextension just because you get drawn into a fight and you're like, ah, I can, you know, I I can uh, outstick this person. I have more points of armor or whatever. I'm going to go for them. And you go for them. And then their wizard friend 20 feet away <laughs> freezes you in place or something. It's like, well, GG. So just, yeah, be mindful of your weaknesses and don't overextend. Uh, I almost said testicles. Aurelius. <laughs> All good, man. <laughs> Everyone will still know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, so uh, same thing that Belthil and uh, Tiberius have already said, moving without appropriate support. It's a matter of you can charge those uh, that line of wizards or you can go out stick that guy who's got a wizard buddy so long as you also have a wizard buddy or a bard buddy or somebody who can counter what's there if so magnus and the, and the armored charge worked great because i'm guessing there was only one or two casters there so they could only disable one or two of the armored people if they'd had five or six wizards that charge might not have gone anywhere as soon as there were five fods uh, called off immediately or five ice balls uh Back when Sol Invictus was still a thing, we uh, won a castle battle at Keep by waiting for a fat guy in a bunch of armor to walk into the gate and iceballing him repeatedly. <laughs> so we effectively closed the gate because the guy didn't move with appropriate support. There was no healer there to release him. There was nobody there to uh, silence our caster. We just kept iceballing him over and over and over. I have to comment on that. That guy is a fool. Take a death, <laughs> go back and get out of there. Ampguard, we can always take a death. He is a fool. Good on him for the role play of the thing. But that is not the winning spirit. Get the hell out of there and let your teammates through. <laughs> Take so you missed, <laughs> you missed a critical part, Lily. We picked a fat guy in armor. He did not want to walk all the way back. <laughs> That's, I don't want him on my team. Not because he's fat or anything like that. He's just not being a team player. 
Bingo. We 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 selected our target carefully. You guys we were people part until of that. he came up. <laughs> it's like this guy, that guy, healer. You go ahead and ice ball that guy. Ugh. Just doing background. You have some like dossiers on the opponents. Just like, oh, he doesn't want to walk back at all. Yes. <laughs> he's huffing and puffing. He's got a tower shield. He's uh wearing a boatload of really cool looking armor that he can't move in. Yeah, he's not gonna walk. We'll ice ball him. <laughs> It's really just some drunk guy you guys found, and you're like, "Hey, man, we'll, we'll give you all this armor. <laughs> That's all right. No worry. Be fun. I promise. I promise." I'm gonna go ahead and write that strat down real quick. <laughs> uh, some another big SBI. mistake is, yeah, another big mistake I see is uh, spell interactions with ancestral. Like we keep harping on what in, or what goes through it, what doesn't. Uh, and the we've talked enough about that, so I won't go into it too much more. And then bringing the wrong gear. Uh, Belthel already touched on it quite a bit with uh, talking about bringing a shield in when you've got a boatload of armor on. Because how much is that shield really doing for you? Uh, if it's a center grip shield, that's not the end of the world because you can ditch it at a moment's notice. If it's a strap shield, I've found that it's actually a liability. Because there are a lot of spells that if you've got your ancestral up, you can just shrug off. But if they hit your shield, they're enveloping and they still affect you. Mm-hmm. So, and you can't ditch that shield readily. So if somebody breaks it, suddenly you've got a very large, very vulnerable target attached to you. So it's better to bring a couple of swords and some pole arms. Yeah, the archer rather episode than having we, that shield. The archer episode we talked about, like if you see someone with a shield, you might as well just shoot that shield because it's a big, easy target instead of you know trying to pinpoint a weak spot on them. Pinning arrow doesn't care if you have an ancestral armor and that's a shield. It just done. Yep. Same with uh, ice ball. Same with a lot of other things. Yeah, the only one they really so. have to hit your armor with is a bands, and then it ignores the armor because that's what a bands does. Fun little weird interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm losing track of how I did this. Uh, Charlie. Yeah. So uh, just make sure it is the common mistakes. So. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. The, the most common mistake I see with with people when they play warrior is is I think the biggest thing like I'll see it at park or medium I, I can't keep tracking kingdom because there's a lot going on but uh I know it was a mistake that I made a lot was tunnel visual tunnel visioning um, you find your target and I mean this could just be a person on any trade of how I play it too you find your target and you you hit the destroy button and you go. Uh, sometimes though you, you do that and you don't realize what you're wading into or that person might be actually stringing you into more of their forces and you don't realize it. Um, that happened to me at a keep battle in the woods one time where I was chasing after this druid with everything I had. And, uh, right as I killed him, uh, it was at an intersection and then his entire force was there. I died immediately with that druid and he got rest. Like that's a common mistake that I had for a lot because I'm very much a kill, 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 kill person. Um, and that's a common mistake. Like just keep track of the battlefield, keep track of where everything is moving, keep track of, Hey, this person is moving in this kind of way and they're going this direction. That could mean something. Um, so it's more or less, for battle games at least, especially battle games that aren't just one big gigantic open field where you can see everything, especially where this falls in is 
pay attention to what people are doing and try to figure out why they're doing the thing. Um, I mean, that goes pretty much for every class, but for Warrior especially, since you're pretty much melee only with the exception of Javelins, uh, you can land yourself in some pretty bad spots if you if you don't pay attention to the battlefield and the flow of the fight. Um, it can mess you up pretty bad. Tactical awareness is important for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Deathly Sunshine. Megatron, something. Uh, so I have two that I think are the, the ones I see the most. Uh, one being how if you have gaps in your armor, which most people have some kind of gap in their armor somewhere for whatever reason, at least down here in Texas, they don't want to wear head-to-toe gambeson and then put their armor on and then fight in the hundred-degree <laughs> weather. And yeah, see, has <laughs> got it covered. You know, this is exactly the right the right way to do it. It leaves no questions. But when they have like, let's say, their bracer on or something, and they have this gap through here, and it's wide enough for the sword to fit in there or to make good contact, missing those is pretty common. Or they even just have like just something here on their forearm and then something starts up here again and this whole part of their elbow is open and maybe they catch some connection with part of the armor and then get blasted in that elbow and they're like a point and it's like well but you if your your arm your arm son there's nothing there wounded. anyways um that seems to be uh something that gets overlooked and it's not and it's not super bad most people are pretty good about taking their shots between armor or skin um that one i see a lot and then uh the first, and I think the most common one is, I think the sh uh, the shield thing that's been talked about is the biggest trap for warrior. Um, it's like your least good equipment option uh, for warrior specifically because of the armor. At least in my opinion, I would rather. I mean, pole arms are king, specifically crushing breaking, especially if you're competitive with the crushing breaking build. Um, it depends on what you want to go do. Uh, you know one-on-one -on -one fighting it kind of gets a little sketchy but again you get a bunch of armor and if you're like some of our uh, some of my favorite people like cue ball for example you're going to get stabbed with the dagger when you run in on it so you're going to get you know, belt knifed or you know boot knifed or whatever you're going to get knifed for dagger, man. Uh, so i think the shield is a trap it gives you a big vulnerability uh i had the same thought process for a while it's like yeah it can block some projectile you know projectiles i'm not getting you know picked away at on my way into combat before i get there and then as I've improved and gotten better at the battlefield awareness, which we touched on, I suddenly stopped getting hit by free shots and it became less of a problem. Um, and then whether it be crushing, breaking polearm that I think is top, Florentine is probably a close second or number one, depending on, again, what you're doing. It's, scavenge is so strong. Your armor is so strong. I don't care if they hit me. I, I've Some of the advice I got from he who shall not be named in the amp guard <laughs> world, if you know who that is, <laughs> Burning, um, well, fantastic fighter. You people can say what they want about him, whatever. Anyways, the advice that I had gotten right away, probably in like my third year of this game, from an interaction with him, was, "You're covered in armor. You can just wait in here. You don't care. They're gonna hit you in the body, and you're going to kill them. You're gonna scavenge, and you're just gonna repeat this process on every one v one fight that you ever come across. You, you you don't care. You're gonna win. You have six points. They don't. I mean, assuming they didn't, and you know, paraphrasing some and. So biggest mistake, they use the shield, they get pinned, and then they sit there and they stay there. And most of the games we play, the lives don't matter. That's the, I guess, third mistake. I'll give you one more. That people don't take a death, uh, death enough. If that doesn't matter, some people say it's a give your spirit of the rules. Well, you're giving them kill balls for everything. 
or giving them kill arrows for everything on you, and that makes you have to run back and forth, and if your kit sucks, then it's really a bummer, and it's tiring, and whatever, but if your kit is good, okay, then back, you know, and just repeat the process. So, uh, take deaths more often, look out for the shields, they're a trap, and uh, whatever the other one was that I don't remember now, because I talk too much. So there's a, I'm going to fix my camera really quick. Um, so there's something that a lot of people forget about that. I, for me as like a bard, it feels like a really stupid thing to miss, which is Harden works on all of your weapons or mm -hmm. just your shield. So if you go two stick and you just like arrow block all day with your hardened swords, that's the same as a shield. Mm -hmm. And if somebody throws something at you that you, you know, you can't actually block because it'll engulf you, just toss the sword or just or open up. Hey, to the chest. Yeah. armor. You've got options. Cool. It's, I, I, I really dislike it when I see people loading up enchantments on a warrior that's got a shield because, like, you've literally halved your killing potential. It's gone. You've got a, you've got a big blocker on one side and you already have six points right here. You know, and I should say it because I don't, I'll kick myself if I don't. Modus are not the same thing as a shield in my mind. This is this is very aggressive, and I actually really enjoy that for battle gaming and armor and fighting people. Because if we're gonna grind fight like with another warrior, and let's say they were the sword and border, that Madu is money. Holy cow! Well, one, they don't miss a shot that I hit them, because this sucks every time, <laughs> and um, you can throw it away. You can use it to block some of those incoming projectiles if you were worried about them, and you, you get a little more play with that. Like that—that's—that's that's different for sure, hundred percent. I should I feel like that had to be said. It has offensive potential, right? So yeah. because of that, innately different. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one I've seen that's really successful is like a down stick with a max small shield. That's just a, a center grip, and you can just down stick people for days. You've got basically a full blown long shield or large shield because of the down stick, but you can just stab people from four feet away and not care. Plus, then you only have to move, like, six feet to get out of that ten-foot radius for your scavenge, so you're not having to run back and forth constantly to get out of that line. Um, uh, moving on to our next question, we've talked about this a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to say this answer is probably going to be uh, similar to some of our other ones. Where does the warrior fit on the battlefield, like, roles positions uh meta and then we'll kind of talk about how size of the field change just generally um let's start with uh, uh aurelius uh, warrior is an extremely uh it's almost a, a, a swiss army knife of classes it's extremely survivable thanks to the shake it off and what's the other one the the one that gives you free lives Grid. That one. Thank I was just say Wicked Flea when I pursue because that's your in camp. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was something about pursuing something. I, 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 again, apologies. I'm not a V8 warrior. Doing my best here. So, uh, moving on. So I've I've seen him be a, a good plug in a line, so long as there aren't very many, or so long as the casters in that area have balls and not point and clicks. Uh, aggro in particular, I've seen plug a 20 foot gap in the line against six people he didn't kill anybody but because he had an eight foot pole arm and two swords on his belt he was able to hold off eight or nine people and keep us from getting rolled just by harassing and 
being mobile and uh, having, again, an appropriate kit. One person managed to get past his pole. He dropped it, had his swords out before they were close enough to swing a shot, and was able to threaten him back enough that he could put his swords down and pick the pole back up. It was, uh, like, that right there convinced me that he was a Paracon. Uh, Charlie, uh, with his rushing in the gate, he should be able to tank an assault. Uh, pretty much the only thing you really can't do is consistent long-range threat. Because the javelin's max effective range is going to be what about twenty feet ish? If yeah. you've got a really like good one, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them are good for about five feet before they turn sideways. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, but, you're just uh, throwing a bar at someone, just hoping they don't they don't yeah. dodge. Yep. So, yeah, you can't match a a good caster or an archer for a long range threat, but anything inside of about fifteen feet, you can threaten with a warrior. Good way to put it. Uh, Ty? So, yeah, um, kit always the biggest importance there. I, we belong in the front. I mean, that's, that's where, that's where we're, we're the best at. I mean, if people can't have the same full kits, like for example, you said aggro's, aggro's armor is, is definitely a half, quite expensive armor. I mean, uh, my, last set of plate that I had was around 400 ish and I got it on sale. I was like, ah, sweet. (laughs) And I mean, it was good enough, but like if you can't wear your full kit for any reason or not, um, I feel like you have to blend with your group. Like you base it off of what, what you're with there then. So if you have that guy who's in that full plate, um, you can supplement him. And make him a better full plate wearer. Like, or, I mean, I kind of do it based off of the uh, the group I'm with. Like, so if I'm doing a, a, like a normal park day and there's 10 people, I'm not going out with all six points because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> that, 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 oh, there's a new, there's a newbie here and he wants to play warrior and all he's holding is, two short swords i'm just gonna walk up to him with six points and just wreck his day <laughs> bye newbie never coming back i'll wear just like my gambeson and just you know kind of show him what the ability the first that first level ability this is all you need to start cool so you can be effective with less depending on where you're at too and who you're playing with can make it a lot more fun for everyone too so yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later, making sure you're not ruining park days by showing up to yeah. six points and just being like, well, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, uh, I've got some personal experience with that, but... <laughs> uh, Jamie. Uh, question was, where uh, the roll, warrior uh, Where the warrior fits, yeah. Yeah, rolls, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, yep, size of field, super important. Game, super important. What are the rules? Um you know that's all stuff you need to, to know if you care uh, you could do what most of us do and not pay attention goof around while they're explaining the rules and then what, what are we doing again and then hope that you you know get enough information um but yeah it, it like everyone's kind of said it can fill pretty much any role my general advice is unless you are real confident that you can get to a wizard or a very good spellcaster, i just avoid them and go do other stuff and generally, if they come <laughs> over to try to stop me, then I just float somewhere else and then repeat this process. Uh, but again, game type dependent. 
they could be great for plugging holes like we've heard, um, sitting on a point and holding it while your team is responding and coming back to said point. Uh, I mean, tons of stuff. Even just being um, your, your person, you as an individual, um, fill a specific role as well. Um, Brian, for example, or Belfield, uh, I would almost guarantee that if you were to show up in that kit and was going to, let's say, just start walking around the right flank, just that's where he starts going, that if any less than three to seven people don't go and respond to it, assuming there's not a spellcaster that can get to him because, you know, they've got all the support. Well, one, he never has to even fight those guys because he just pulled three to seven people. He's, he's doing his job. He never has to do anything. His role has been filled, and now I have less. If I'm on his team, I have seven less people to fight elsewhere, and that's excellent. He's done his job. I don't care if he never gets close enough to fight. I'd almost rather he didn't because he'll probably die, and then they'll come back and, and get me. That's 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 a lot of people. Like, everyone <laughs> loses to seven people. Like, that's typically how this works. Um, so it, it that role right there is the one that I like to see filled. If they're going to go do something, he has this kit this fighting ability pulls bodies and that makes my job easier elsewhere. And I think that's really, really, really important. Depending on the game type, of course. Blah, 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 blah. Strategy and choosing the right strategy for the battle game matters a lot. Like, if you decide you're going to be, we're going to tank and this is a mobile go find the point game, that's not a great plan. Yeah. Well, there's guys who do it. And I know a few out here. <laughs> I won't name their names because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings if they happen to see it. Um, and they fill that role well, but they, their kit and their play style isn't, um, very fluid. It just, they haven't changed very much and, and they're fine players if we're doing that particular role, but if we're not, I would rather take that mobile guy, you know, or the person who understands the ability to flip mm -hmm. their roles and stuff. So, all right, let's jump up to Belfield. Yeah. So the. I originally put just offense, skirmisher, and defense, but those all have something in common, which is the ways that I envision them working, courtesy of uh, Lily, rejogged my brain as to why I felt that they belonged in those places, is really just down to objective control or being a distraction. Uh, with This is something else uh, that'll get covered in the next question. But because of those two things, you can because of what warrior is, you can always be in close proximity to an objective and you can always be helping that out uh, either by soaking some shots if it's like a cart game where you have to get a bomb to someplace or something like that or capture the flag having more armor and frontline scenarios like that is fantastic or uh, conversely serving as a distraction to pull numbers off and away from the main objective or something like that because warrior represents with a, with a really good kit they are just such an immense threat you can't really ignore them if the person knows what they're doing especially in certain scenarios which we'll get into later the best class but uh yeah so those are two big things distraction objectives and uh magnus yeah so for the roles that warrior can fill to me uh there is the standard frontliner where you actually do use a shield it's the one time i'd suggest a shield actually as we've heard that shields uh can downplay and that would be if you're in something like a bridge war or a close quarter like side a is here side b is here now fight you're gonna want to have 
maybe even harden shields at some point so that your other warriors, which is the other main one, is your red polearm warriors, your crush break warriors, can slam down on the enemies and raise hell. Um, so those are like the two main front line that I usually see is you have your pure defensive front line, you have an offensive front line, which is usually a polearm, a few Florentiners here and there. Um, the one that I like to see and the one that I like to play the most is actually flanker though, uh, where you go off on the sides and you run and you charge people down, you wreak havoc as much as you can, pull aggro if you will. Um, and uh, you can do that passively, like if it's not an objective game, kind of as Jamie had stated, where you can just pull a ton of people your direction and never really engage, but you just are that threat that is there that they have to deal with. And if they don't send the right people to deal with you, you punish them for it until they do send the right people to deal with you. Um, at that point, you string them along. Um, in objective-based games, uh, Warrior can be actually, I think, really good at scoring objectives or finding objectives, especially depending on terrain. Um, if you're in the woods, um, I'll use Wolf Creek State Park as an example, since we use that for keep. Uh, that place is filled with thorns and bad undergrowth and everything like that. Well, as a warrior, if you have the leg <laughs> armor <laughs> um, and all the other armor, you really don't care about the thorns and all the bad things because you're in you're in a suit of armor man like it's not gonna get you um and being in a suit of armor doesn't affect your speed at all it affects your stamina it doesn't affect speed you can still sprint as a warrior you just can't sprint as long as somebody who probably isn't in a suit of plate mail um but yeah you can you work a flank like that into areas where people haven't even thought of going just by being a warrior in that regard too. So those are like kind of the four key areas I see warriors just defensive frontline, offensive frontline, and then kind of a passive flanker pulling aggro than the active flanker where you are going in for the kill or going in for the objective and going as hard as you can. Yeah. All, all very area. valid play styles. Yeah. Fitting everywhere, going where you need to. I've seen yeah. uh, lesser armor. So if you're rocking like four points or something like that, being that flanker, because now you can you know run and sprint a little bit longer and you're not dealing with that mass of people that you have to use all six points. You're only dealing with two or three people. You've got four points. Four points is enough to deal with two or three people and still come out with two or three points over everyone else. Um, Agro says, Warrior is probably the best melee class in the game. It's amazing for wading into large combat and racking up kills. Uh, Warrior has the most diverse amount of weapons, armor, and shield kit in the game, and you can fit into a variety of roles that way. So what I've heard from most of the classes that are more open and versatile, like uh, Druid and Paladin and uh, Warrior, you go where you're needed and you make sure that you make the best out of that spot. It makes a lot of sense that our game allows us to, you know, not be, I'm Warrior, therefore I must stand on front line, and that is where I live. Like... You don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's really nice that our game does give us the freedom to be a different character with every class and choose what you want to be every time you, you pick up that sash. Um, well, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get bored when it's like, oh, I can do this today or that or whatever. I want a down spear. I want a modu. I want a pole arm. I want a shield. I want a flow. I mean, I'm going to go run. I'm going to defense. I, 
it's amazing. You get up to do a ton, and it's always fun. Never get bored. Um, well, unless you don't have, you know, magic support, in which case then you're frozen a lot or <laughs> dead a lot. Get or, friends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so teamwork makes the dream work in our game. If you don't go get friends, your weakness will walk up and just end your day. And but, but, but hero mode. Yeah, I know there's hero everyone's i mean the only real one person hero is is freaking one punch man and he still has friends one punch. <laughs> uh yeah yeah good times um all right so we're gonna go to go to abilities we're gonna stick with one what is the go-to ability for your class um we're gonna start with magnus this time Sure. Can we just shout it all out at the same time? Yeah, yeah. We all know. <laughs> I think we're all going to say ancestral. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Three, so actually, two, one. Ancestral armor. Oh, oh we Gavin. got two different answers. Scavenge for sure. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah, one do you have for him. sure? So just dodge the spell balls. <laughs> don't get hit by the, don't get hit by the spell balls. If I get shot with an arrow, what do I care? It's only one point at six points, and then I'll go kill the poor new kid, and now I'm at six points again, and repeat this process. Just dodge the spell balls. Stay away from the casters and go succeed. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jamie, but usually when I'm running around in a suit of plate armor, I've got three healers with uh, swift men following me around. I They've don't got have armor fixed before I have a chance to scavenge. <laughs> That requires friends. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Jamie's the cowboy of the group, so yeah. I'm with him. I'm with him. likes the cowboy a bit too. Oh yeah. So, really, ancestral is the strongest ability for sure. I'm yeah, I'd say ancestral is a keystone, capstone ability. It is the strongest. Um, so, for me, that that is like the most one that defines it. Um, because Ancestral, you only get it twice per refresh, though, which, I mean, it's super-duper strong uh, oh, three. for that reason. Uh, it's three! It's three times per refresh. Three. Oh, my God, I did mess that up. My apologies. It, is it used three. to be two. Take, take, a, take a Paragon away. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. Me and Charlie, yeah, V8, it was oh. two. Take away his leg armor while we're at it. <laughs> uh, no, not that. Actually, my leg armor is just scuff. You can fucking take it. Uh, I will. I will mount it in my house somewhere. Okay, Ooh. deal. <laughs> um, but I would say, as far as like the one that you're using the most, it would be scavenge. Like you should be scavenging as much as you can. Every kid. every chance you get, scavenge, 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 scavenge. It is the one that you are going to use the most. It, if, if you're doing warrior and getting kills, you're going to use scavenge pretty much the most. Um, Ancestral is still the capstone. I love it, but scavenge is the one that you're going to use the most. So I'm really torn between the two of those, to be honest. And they build um, off each other is the craziest part. Yeah. Like, And I don't really dodge spell balls as well as Jamie does, probably because my kit is... Your kit's got to be 100 pounds heavier than mine. <laughs> my, my kit is like 80 pounds. And it's probably like a hundred pounds heavier. Even if it's only 80, it's probably still like a hundred pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which I'm working on getting a new kit. Oh, I'm excited uh, to see what you do for sure. Uh, what I do, it all depends on what uh, Al does. Cause we're going to go there and make a suit. Well, then it's definitely going to be sweet. Like yeah. uh, it'll weigh in at most 20 pounds. Yeah. Oh, I am. So, yeah, no, I'm really excited for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. My SCA uh, helmet weighs as much as the rest of my SCA kit put together. Well, doesn't the helmet have to be iron for that? Like, you have to have an iron or steel helmet. You can't have titanium because it doesn't disperse the blow correctly. The uh, titanium is... is not allowed because it doesn't form well. Okay. And the weight is part of the protection. Yep. The other end of it is uh, the lighter weight helmets that ACL is using, like out of spring steel. The SCA rejects because the initial trials went really poorly and they've been unwilling to try again. Uh,. uh if you really care about it, come hit me up afterwards. It's a long technical explanation for why they screwed up. Interesting. Um, so that, that's my answer for those two. And uh, um, with that, my apologies. I just got a message that uh, some email servers are down, and I'm the on-call guy this week. Ooh, so you gotta, work. Uh, you gotta work. Get that money. Get that yeah, money. So, Thank you for. If you can join I, back in, please join back in. I will do my best. I'm gonna see how messed up these email servers are. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Oh, I will need it. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. Um, See you, man. Scavenge and Ancestral Armor. It it frustrates me on a lot of levels that Scavenge is such a good... Like, it's better than most abilities straight up. And then you guys get Ancestral Armor on top of it, which just makes it better. And I'm sitting over here like, I bought five points of Swift Mends, and I feel like, a, like I have no use compared to Scavenge and a at AA. Like... Well, That's why you follow I, the anti-paladin around. <laughs> I I appreciate it, like uh, since I I primarily shift to this kind of solo play thing. When I do find someone, I end up alone a lot, and you know I'll engage multiple people and whatever, and I can't necessarily get the opportunity to scavenge as much as I could take advantage of. So when I'm finally like, does anyone have any mens? Like I I need some mens. You know I don't want to go risk getting you know more points lost. I'll I'll take the quick buff and then run out. So like even if you feel like they went to waste if i found you on the field i would be stoked because i probably was <laughs> right getting out there, you know? it, it is all i mean even from a battle bard perspective where you're on that front line you're using that swift man as like a scavenge quote unquote it still sucks compared to the ability of just unlimited scavenge as long as you get kills you walk away with more armor than you had that's the big limiter for scavenge is you have to be the one that swung the kill yeah See, but people also forget that you have a time limit to do it too. So if I get that kill and don't lose any points, and someone else gives me, yeah, yeah, exactly, thirty seconds. Someone else hits me, I can away as long as it's been in thirty seconds, get my point back and come back. And they're just like, "Fuck!" No, I can finish <laughs> that word. Sorry. No, you're good. We put Shoot. the explicit mark on it. You're totally fine. It's all right. all you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. fudge. Is that why I got that when I signed into the server? I got it. Okay. I was like, I've Must never seen this warrior in my or this uh I have in my life. So good about my language, I didn't notice. That's too bad. <laughs> well, damn it, we're gonna get back at it. Yeah. It's and yeah, ten that's feet on why scavenge is important. You know, yeah. I'm actually gonna change my answer over to scavenge because thinking about it, warrior's capstone ability with that ancestral. It can be canceled out by a third level spell that any caster can take. But Bard is the only one that doesn't get it, and it's maddening. <laughs> I stand corrected. Bards can't dispel you. Everyone yeah. else can. And cool. druids can have up to 30 dispels, if I recall correctly, per yeah. life. Machine gun druid. Yeah. That is that is why I, I value scavenge so highly, is that like ancestral is, is the most powerful ability, but like scavenge in long games where we've played these like 45 minute games like even if i'm doing my best to avoid dispels i've probably been dispelled or died with the ancestral like it just 
Yeah, there's no way to make it persistent. It just it ends when you die. So I really value scavenge highly just because it lets me do so much. And we're underplaying how important harden is for the style that I play, since I harden my weapons and go out yeah. there with those and yeah. use that kind of aggressively, aggressively, passively blocking arrows or projectiles on their way. And however <laughs> you want to look at it, mm -hmm. you know. So, but yeah, the the kit is just good. Like I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Like it, Warrior has a great kit. It's really hard to be upset about any of its abilities, really. <laughs> I mean, like, I would compare Warrior is the Druid equivalent of the Melee classes compared to the Caster classes. Like, there's not very many spells in the Druid list that's bad or unusable. There's nothing unusable in the Warrior kit. It's all good. It all is effective. And we need to bring all the other classes up to it because there's some classes, Archer, that's that need some help. That's a different debate. That's a that's that's a different video for sure. A whole different story. Yeah. We will have that one later when I have more time. <laughs> um, so go to abilities. We had scavenge and ancestral armor. They're you know your starting ability and your capstone, which is really interesting um, that that happens. Um, what's our next one? We have skills to focus on to get better. Um, what do you focus on to get better, either inside or outside the game? Stick skills obviously important. Um, I mean, we have two warlords here. They're now this way for me. Um, <laughs> I am uh, same for me now. Yeah. Stick skill is important. It's fighting definitely makes a, a huge impact on how effective you are. And there's some classes that I would uh, I wouldn't even caution to say it. I'll just say it. They perform better if you are good at fighting period like if you are a good fighter you will make some of these classes that may seem underpowered really shine and uh warrior can be one of those classes if you know if you're not good at fighting well it's hard that doesn't mean don't play the class I, I anyone who ends up watching this or listening to this it doesn't mean like oh well I'm, I'm pretty new maybe i shouldn't play warrior that's not necessarily what i'm saying but you can use some um of the battlefield awareness skills and maybe getting yourself into good positions to be helpful to your teammates. Um, we had talked about being kind of a leader, maybe vocalizing. I mean, this is just general skills. This isn't has anything to do with warriors so much because it applies to all of the things that we do in this fighty foam thing. But those skills will help carry you. So if you get good at those, you'll be good at the melee classes. You start getting better at fighting and positioning, and then suddenly you can be good at warrior or barbarian or druid, the casting on there. I'll just enchant myself and then go hit people. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Small warrior. Small warrior is small. And it's just so, so, so important to get good at the foundation of this thing that we do. Yeah, it's... it's we don't talk about it enough in general like when we're telling someone like this is how you get good kid we don't go like go read art of war and figure out how to do tactics in battlefield and like understand <laughs> the basic mechanics <laughs> like we don't tell them that we go like we'll just swing stick over and over and over again you'll be fine and yeah, sometimes <laughs> I, that works i prefer uh musashi's uh <laughs> uh book where we hit people with boat wars okay that is uh <laughs> that is where the real learning is at <laughs> Oh God! But it, it it's tactics and strategy matter a lot. Yep. And we'll talk about that uh, later. I've got we've got multiple questions. We got a lot of questions this time. Um, you don't have to hit every question. You this can pick is true. And choose the ones that you we like. can skip through it. I did miss. Agro points out that uh, 
insult is one of his favorite because it's really like you have six points of armor uh and you'll get an extra one for look the part they're per life they're very useful you just make someone have to target you or not able to deal with anyone else besides you yeah it's a control mm-hmm. yeah doing that on a healer I mean, exactly <laughs> like guess what you can't heal anyone except for me right now suck it don't yeah. do it to a bar if you have gonna... answers yeah, yeah. bards have answers for everything though right? that's the... besides, besides paladin <laughs> paladin walks on the field and we go i really hope i took stun <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> if it's not like yeah, yeah it's we talked about that in the paladin one this strong for just like suddenly shouting at somebody who's already started to cast at you and they're like ah what why is the warrior yelling at me oh an insult holy cow i had no and it it can screw people up just for having the ability to uh, command their attention sirrah command their attention sirrah that's funny that's a really good point i haven't seen it used much but that's a really good control it's ambulant too so just point and run at them like you're do whatever you need to do you can be in the middle of combat and just like dodging around or whatever still do you even need off. an empty hand for it yeah it's not ex yeah it's not extraordinary I thought it was oh. oh my bad i think they tried it as ex initially and it was too powerful they it's did yeah, i wouldn't say powerful. that'd be too powerful it's fine and, yeah, initially yeah you're fighting you're just like all right this guy i'm casting on that i just see out the corner of my eye and they're like wait what <laughs> like okay i mean if you use a name you don't have to but, point it's a deal yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's my my favorite thing to say for casters. Go learn everyone on the opponent's name, or at least the <laughs> annoying people. So then you don't have to say a descriptor. You just say their name, and you're done. No pointing required. Always call out shit. Always call out shadow. <laughs> yeah, some, some guy or several people are taking. Or some yeah, several will look at you like, oh no. I, I will say there's something about not using their name that's pretty powerful when you use. Um, not i'm not saying to cheese it but you know warrior and then fill in the blank with you know descriptors whether it be you know in the black tunic well out here there's you know uh two or three companies that are primary black and suddenly four people have taken the spell and i at this point i've had to stop telling no not you two no because it's it's almost worse for me to try to correct them than to just do my incant because i don't necessarily know their names there's too many people that try to learn everyone's names and it's just interesting to see the interaction and it's good that people are taking the spells they're paying attention to just not paying as close of attention as possible mm-hmm. but they did make a clarification that you can't make uh like purposeful yeah kind of middle ground ones like uh somebody yeah. gray area thing and that's not cool yeah. and that's that's not what i'm getting at that's not no. what i'm getting at but I like just, it's fun. There was somebody up here that wanted to do compliments as they're like uh, targeting things. So like warrior in the pretty garb and it's like four people look around like, oh, oh that's me. <laughs> I uh, was meaner about it. I was like, or, or was nicer about it. I was like, yeah, good looking warrior, best looking warrior. And well, uh, do you want to be the not good looking warrior? I mean, take this <laughs> it out. makes me win, sure. <laughs> See, you, you understand winner's attitude that's what it is you just put on a scowl and be like i'm definitely not the little bastard and keep going <laughs> have you seen this face <laughs> um focus on getting better uh jamie talked uh uh aurelius what's your opinion on things to do to get better oh uh, we already touched on stick shock uh, my advice to a new warrior would be to learn polearm 
Uh, that's one of the more most overlooked stickjack skills is polearm, because there are very rarely is there a tournament bracket for polearms. Polaris is one of the few places I've ever seen it regularly. Oh, uh, Taldegore doesn't do it. Uh, Rising <laughs> Winds doesn't do it. Iron Mountains, when I was still part of Iron Mountains, ye olden times, didn't do it. It's pretty much just Polaris as far as I know. So we it's an undervalued skill. Spear. We're monsters. Uh, like we already talked about spear. field awareness quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as out-of-game kit maintenance, nothing mm -hmm. screws over a warrior more than a broken strap that they haven't fixed. And suddenly you've got a piece of armor flapping around, hurting <laughs> you, smacking your buddy, and taking a bunch of hits you shouldn't be taking. Um, or if your armor gets rusty, so on and so forth. Like, take care of your kit. Learn to maintain your equipment. Uh, if your pole arm's blown and you don't know how to fix it, then you're you just have your effectiveness as a warrior because you're you no longer have range. Uh, and I'm good for the question. Yeah. So Hopper asked, I feel that certain uh, trappings or designs will either rotate or slip to an uncomfortable or non-covering position. What's the best recommended? Recommendation for like arm and leg styles that have worked well for strapping for keeping things in place. Like you talked about keeping your straps in good maintenance. Is there any other additional straps or like a, a specific kind of armor that holds in place better? Uh, that's a very deep topic, and I'll talk as long as you'll let me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay, uh, hundred words or less. Oh boy! All right, two hundred characters. That's better. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do my best. So my personal leg armor, uh, I've got a large strap that goes over the top of my calf, in addition to the behind the knee strap and the behind the ankle strap. That way, a lot of the weight's suspended on my calf. Uh, it also means that I'm pinching or I'm at several different articulation points so that it doesn't rotate. Uh, another principle is to make sure your armor goes over a joint. Uh, like Belthil's armor doesn't cover a joint, and I, I would imagine that unless he's got a really sweet arming coat, he has issues with his bracers rotating on him. Unless he keeps his elbows bent pretty much the whole time. Well, there, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they stay about where I want them to. But yeah, so my bracers do the same thing. They're not awful, but they do rotate. Yeah, slightly. I just built them with a point on the back so that they'll still more give me coverage even after they've rotated. My SCA kit, I make sure it covers the elbow. And my uh, my war arms actually go up my the back of my arm, so that they can't possibly rotate because they go around a corner. Mm -hmm. uh, another option is to do points. Like Belthel's arm and coat is another perfect example. I'm picking on you a lot today, Brian. No, no, go for it. Uh, like I noticed, your shoulders are tied directly to your arm and coat or to your breastplate. I can't really tell which from the video. Tied to the strap of the breastplate underneath. It's a leather leather strap that goes up. And oh, then fantastic. Um. My old SCA kit, which was way too protective for Amp Guard and honestly too protective for the SCA, <laughs> most of my armor was tied to points on the arm and coat. It suspended the weight from my torso and shoulders so that I it didn't feel like I was wearing armor. And uh, none of the armor was able to move because it was tied directly to the spot I wanted it to stay. So. Okay, so getting either connecting it to the, the gambeson or the arming coat to make it stay exactly where you want or making it go around joints is what it sounds like is the best options. Um, yeah. Next best being find a uh, place where your your the wearer's body gets big and then gets small again and then putting a strap on either side of that so that it can't slip. Gotcha. You'll still have issues with rotating, but you won't have issues with slipping. Mm -hmm. yeah, our bodies like my legs are great pretty choice. much tubes. Or not tubes, uh, cones. <laughs> like I've got, I've skipped a lot of leg days. Sorry, Jamie. 
Uh, <laughs> so uh, if I don't, if I didn't have that big calf strap, my my leg arm would just slide down and rest on my instep. But with that calf strap, it pulls the weight up higher. So mm -hmm. it's find whatever you can and uh, get on top of a bit or a swelling if you can't go around a joint. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Also, suspend the weight as high as you can on you. Like the, the further down the weight is, the more it feels like you're wearing. Yeah. Like an ounce mm -hmm. at your wrist feels like a pound at your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Give or take. It changes. It's it's leverage basically. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's yeah. the reason we wear the the really tight cinch belts when you got chainmail on, you put all that weight from your shoulders to your waist and your hips, where you can support more of your weight. Um, yep, same theory. If you're unfamiliar with the way backpackers distribute weight on their body go look it up for armor um for our listeners because it's it shows you kind of where your body will hold more weight and if you distribute weight effectively to those points which are mostly your shoulders and your hips and then um your the top of your thighs and your calves you can hold more weight and it'll feel like less because it's distributed over your body instead of it being like 60 pounds of armor on just your shoulders which sounds terrible i never want to do that <laughs> it's yeah there's a reason backpackers have those like straps that go around the hips they hold it on the hips you don't have to worry about it as much um skills to focus on to get uh skills or things to focus on to get better um we talked about keeping your armor upkeep uh, upkeep on your armor making sure it's you know in good repair um sticks to sticks to keeping your equipment in good repair overall make sure it you know isn't snapping on you in the middle of the field because you didn't replace that thing once it cracked at one like practice two days ago or something like that make sure your pull passes before you get to the event <laughs> can i give bad advice because <laughs> there's always some bad advice it always has three good shots left and weapons <laughs> you know optional. chances are harry actually watching this <laughs> slim to none. He'll never see it. I did. That was for, for you and me. Uh, pretty well. well, and I guess Merrick as well. Well, you know, actually, really, actually, who doesn't know Arthon? He's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> there's a there's a um, Sir Duffer has goats, and the Whack Crew, which is another podcast, is trying to convince them to name one of their goats Arthon. Um, so we'll have a goat Arthon, and then Arthon the goat, and uh, we need to get them together for a photo op. That's what needs to happen. All right, Ty, things to, to work on to get better. Um, well, pull arms was on my list there too. So, because <laughs> yeah, um, tunnel vision, kind of like Charlie talked about a little earlier. Like, just it has its place. Like, don't be wrong. People with tunnel vision can be amazing, like amazing at what they do. But then they do that one thing, and then they're like done with it. And it's kind of like you know a dog just sitting there kind of looking around uh so yes if you can just widen that a little bit like every time just okay i know i'm gonna do this and just widen each time eventually i mean if you start at level one get to level six you're gonna have a much broader vision of everything and i think you'll just be that much more effective in the long run there and um other thing is uh, as you're going along learning your weaknesses uh if you're if you're playing from level one to level six, you're going to learn what things like you know avoid that that mage that I mean at my original home park I had a wizard named Steve and we all know you're not chasing him down anytime soon and if you're wearing your full armor 
you're not going to chase him down as long. So you see him, you know, get closer to uh, to someone who can maybe help you. So you, and you just kind of figure out your your weaknesses as you go. So I think that's a good way to constantly improve is knowing just if you have to pick out a few people on on the other team, be like, all right, I know what this person is normally going to do. This is how I combat that during this one. And just taking these little tiny things each time you go out there and learning from it, I think would be, would just overall make you that warrior that everyone can either fear or hope you, they get to put on their team with. So. Bell. Yeah. Um, man, I think one of the biggest things that you should focus on uh, because it's something that is not typically thought of and not something that I used to do until I saw Zach do it, Balder, hmm. um, is getting good at the charging cant. So you can always keep <laughs> your uh, shake it off up because that can be can be really useful and you can you can constantly be trying to rotate that. So you should always have it there. So just practicing incantations so you can get good and quick at them to be responsive. That's again people focus a lot on like i had i definitely had fighting with all different types of weapons uh keeping track of armor points and stuff but yeah i still think it's appreciable to just get good at the the incant aspect mm -hmm. to amp guard too and be aware of things that can be charged so that's a different different point for whatever it's, yeah, it's we pointed out earlier it's weird to think that like the warrior is the one doing a lot of casting like you've got an offensive CC spell, but you also have your charge that you need to keep up on uh, some of your stuff. So mm -hmm. back and forth, they kind of uh, in and out on what you need to be able to do. And knowing the charging can in any class, I think every class has something they can charge. Yeah. Every class has something they can charge um, at some point. So knowing it yeah. is beneficial. Um, yeah. Agro points out cardio. Uh, <laughs> running running in armor sucks. Running in armor when you're in good fitness is less sucky. <laughs> um, he's got uh, outside the game skills. Warrior is an armor-based physical combat class. You should continue to improve at fighting and amp guard, like we said. Learn about various armor types and experiment with what your favorite types of armor are um, and focus on maintaining at least some physical fitness. Cardio and strength training will help and be able to move around on all that armor and equipment. You'll be running down people a lot uh yeah there was a saying at our park that if you run you're gonna die tired that started because vincent would shoot you with a bow and then when balder and aggro and i started there it was because we will chase you until you die and uh yeah it if you're better at running you'll probably end up chasing people <laughs> and they're not gonna like it um it's pretty funny it's pretty good i'm surprised there's no sleep in your armor I mean, how else will you get used to it? Brush your teeth in your armor. Walk around the house in your armor. <laughs> that'll Walk help you. Armor. Yeah, that'll help you figure out how, uh, like, where pinch points and stuff are. So yeah, I know Balder <laughs> wore his armor on the house on for the chores. <laughs> like, we were roommates for a while. He did chores in his armor for like two months. <laughs> nice. Teacher, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm doing it, but you know, hey, you could it's a possibility um we're going to combine recommended tactics because we talk about this uh later the difference between tactical and strategic thought processes um so with warrior 
how do we change uh, how first we should do an explanation and i think uh aurelius in the in the chat we had before you described the difference between strategic and tactical thought processes really well would you mind recanting that for our audience absolutely i'll uh, repeat that for the audience because i'm not going to recant it <laughs> i stand by my words <laughs> all right Sorry, uh, so the difference between a strategic and a tactical threat a strategic threat is one that is planned for well in advance for example in a uh, kingdom level battle game once the teams are divided up uh the team is going to plan around what belthil is doing like before the game starts we're going to discuss okay where is belthil likely to be and who is assigned to stopping belthil from doing whatever it is he's going to try to do uh, versus I'm more of a tactical threat because I've got horrible tunnel vision in battle games. So uh, the, uh, my opponent's team isn't going to be discussing what to do about me in advance. What they're going to do is when I show up on a line, the people who are present there are going to decide what to do about me in the moment. So a tactical threat is dealt with in the moment. A strategic threat is dealt with in advance. So for me, one of the big defining or attributes of a Paragon versus a uh, level six or a stick jock is the Paragon should be a strategic threat. If I hear a team talking about what to do about a player as because they're playing that class, to me, that checks the Paragon box. I would recommend them based just on that. All right. So with that, what are some, because str strategic is a lot more situational than tactical, I would say, because tactical, you have, you kind of have a formula and you can apply it where strategy will change a lot depending on number of people, uh, battle game type, uh, your builds and everything else like that. And it's very, especially in our game that has such a wide variety of things, it gets very complicated and we don't have time to go over an entire, like, how do you beat every battle game ever class? Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different, that's a different podcast. I might run at some point, but not today. Uh, so, recommended tactics with warrior things that work things that don't work um and especially target acquisition either offensively or defensively um i see jamie's uh seems kind of excited to answer this um so i'm a big fan of pretty much this whole subject we got into and, and we could do an entire several hour conversation of like what you should or shouldn't be doing or like what situations cause what and blah 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 the cause and effect is super super cool um but if I had to say uh, a super condensed version of what my thoughts are is that um, I approach uh, when I'm excited about the battle games and things and getting ready for doing like events and cool stuff that's coming up, I prepare myself, I get my equipment correct, I plan for what may or may not be there. I don't know that it will, but I just assume that it will, who may or may not be there. I, you know, I have to know the people, but there's usually you know, some general level of like there will be polls, there will be casters can always kind of prep the same way and then you can get deeper into the individuals if i know the individuals and how to prep for them and prepare for them and then once i'm there and i'm on the field i have everything i've enabled myself for success i am ready to be successful today and i can look at the field and go well none of these things came i don't need to wear my armor i'm just gonna go and goof around to throwing weapons and that's it or whatever the case is and then, then obviously the case of warrior i'd not use throwing weapons javelins haha <laughs> um but if I can assess in, in the moment, just looking at the team comp, exactly what I need. Um, some of that comes with experience and it takes time and knowing the people and playing and whatever. So people that are new that are working towards this, you know, pay attention. It's okay when you're, when you're getting picked for your team or when the teams are getting divided, when you look at them across the field, and you can go, 
oh, they have like 36 pole arms. That's something you have to prepare for. And then get, you know, what am I going to do as the warrior? How do I deal with this particular thing? And um, I don't want to talk too much. Again, I, I, this is super hard to not talk about a lot of little things, but um, prepare yourself before things, uh, prepare for the worst, and uh, you'll be as prepared as you can be when you get there to actually do things. I'll, I'll just stop there because there's just there's too much. There's, there, too much there's a, it's a lot. There's I, I I have planned and like I've penciled out a bunch of different classes I want to run, and one of them is literally just things you can do that are stri- like strategic and tactical with your classes, what to look for, combos, things like that. And I keep putting dashes underneath it of like, oh, this is a thing. This is a thing. It's going to be the longest podcast I run. It's just going to be like a 24-hour class of, of talking about <laughs> random stuff. Situations and like, oh, if we do this, it happens here. It's really difficult. Um, so, jumping to our next uh, panelist. I guess I like calling that Paragon. We're going to go with Warlord Belfield. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's talk about two things really quickly going into this. So, one, your biggest vulnerability as a warrior is going to be your vulnerability to magic point and clicks specifically, right? Because ancestral armor doesn't fix that. Uh, second thing, you're wearing armor. That makes you a target because people see tons of armor and they're like, oh, that's a threat. It's very visible threat, right? Like you can perceive people wearing armor. You can't really tell if somebody is a badass casting wizard just off the bat unless you know those people, Bobby. Um, <laughs> otherwise, so when you're in armor, and you're a threat, therefore, uh, you will be targeted, and you will be targeted by magic. Number one way to fix that and solve all the problems in the world as a warrior is hopefully you can strategically get yourself with a healer, and you can convince that healer to take some kinds of protection magics for you, like Enlightened Soul or Protection from Magic. And, oh boy, if you can get a priest that is just your your little pocket healer in the world that is that is a hammer that can solve all pro all problems turn into nails for you and that to me is just like pure bliss so that is that is the the one thing you're talking about like all these interesting things like here are all the combos and stuff like that if i could always be a warrior enchanted with pro mag i would solve every problem in the world and i wouldn't even consider anything else like that is my absolute favorite thing in Antgard. That's also ruining park days. Don't do it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> do it on big battlefields where, you know, ruining a couple kids 15 minutes is not as bad as <laughs> the 10 kids on the battlefield for the day are not having fun because they can't get through your six points of armor. Yeah. Ty. So I kind of take this to um, Aurelius's point where tactical and strategy, I, I think in a very military mindset, just because, you know, mm-hmm being that way for a while um but i think what makes you the strongest is when you can you and you take four or five others and you build a tactic inside of a strategy so like your your team strategy is to do say the the whole charlie charging down the door thing gotcha you got a group to do that like you got your set warriors maybe you're part of that plan okay you got the strategy built up they either have to build a strategy against that strategy or multiple tactics against that strategy. Now, if you can build a tactic to go alongside that strategy, so they have this huge focus on there, while you have, say, archers making sure to shoot those those wizards or those casters, 
just to draw them off, you now made them have to revert their strategy to either take care of that as well when doing that. So there is such a good variation of things that can happen, but being like, if you're always part of the strategy, they're, unless they have the strategy against you or multiple tactics, it's going to be a huge, like, how to put that, like, you're either going to win if you have more strategy and tactics because, you know, in comparison to the other. But um, I, I guess, like he said, uh, with uh, tactics, if you can make a tactic and they have to apply a strategy against your tactic, you are beating the other team. So like aggro, the, he's like uh, really said, they're making a strategy or like they said, like going against Belfield, making a strategy to go against Belfield, you are already one up on them because they have to do an entire strategy. That means their entire group is meant to focus that thing. So I don't know, that's, that's like I said, a whole yeah. another talk for it where you can build, build each part of it. Right. But for the most part, you're like, be the biggest threat or cause enough of a change in uh, their plan or against their plan so that you have yeah. now taken their strategy and thrown it out the window or manipulated their strategy so that it now has to change. And all you guys are using are tactics <laughs> to do so like just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll honestly say Jay, who's uh you know, slowly eating his pizza over there. Uh, <laughs> Jay is very good at being a alternate tactic person. Like um, I remember a specific, I think it was Castlemania. I, I went to when there was that big uh, tornado or whatever happened and everything was destroyed. Uh, and we were fighting and I was using the polymer at first, but then like he realized there's like, I've got the most armor. Like I'm just like here, take this extra sword and be the person, like be that sacrifice guy. And yeah, I was the only person to run into it. I was definitely dead, but that opened that bridge and we got, I think we won that in like the next two minutes and it was exactly what I needed. I, I kind of went tunnel vision cause I was just having fun stabbing people, but he just like stepped back, realized it, like pulled me away. Like, Hey, do this, go. So Definitely I mean, won't be the last time that I uh, <laughs> do whatever it is I can to get other people to go die so that I can go hero. <laughs> it hero. Well, it's the coolest part. No, but, but that yeah. is such an important, important thing. And, and, and I hope that the people that watch that are really interested in improving their general skill realize that, like, it, it doesn't have to be me. I just happen to be loud. It can be anyone. Anybody could decide, oh, holy crap, this is what we got to do. This is I, I need to push through this. This guy can do it. Look at this guy in all this armor. And, uh, you know, if you're loud and boisterous, it helps. But <laughs> it it really is it is really something cool. And, and don't be afraid to use your voice to enhance your tactics and strategies out there on the field right the druids said uh especially because they have so many enchantments you're not the one stunting on the front lines like you know doing cool stuff you're making your whole team do that instead and it's it's huge difference when you can take and that's regardless of class it doesn't matter what class you are you can make your team better by being a good leader as long as you know what you're doing yeah well they're in a great position to do it too i know it's a different class but if you're the candy druid and you're giving out all your enchantments and you've done this and you basically have nothing else to do well you have eyes and feet and you can be outside of that tunnel vision state that people get into in the melee 
part of things and you can move around and see where like oh crap we're getting flanked i really got to pull like the three lines of people back like hey guys there's like eight people coming to kill us i need you like eight come on let's go we're doing this let's do it let's get them and you can do that as war if you want but you're usually more important out doing the fighting and whatever but that warrior could go run over there and stop your whole front end from getting flanked by another team mm-hmm. it just it's just cool it's such a cool skill and i hope people uh, do that more it's really fun so aurelius your ex uh fighting uh fighting company was very big on the strategic and tactical aspects of our game what is your uh your opinions on some recommended tactics or strategies for warrior We actually uh, relied a lot more heavily on paladins, anti-paladins, and monks than warriors with a strong caster backup. Okay, What's I that? Gotcha. It's because the immunities and the resistances, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, our usual strategy was to find a scrub-a-dub company <laughs> with a bunch of warriors with armor that fit them poorly, drag them in front of us, and then we would use our pull arms over their heads. Oh... That was our most effective strategy. Because that way, our pole arms were largely invulnerable because any random hits were soaked by the armor in front of us. The monks couldn't be touched by most of the point and clicks. And the fuse that were affecting the monks, the anti-paladins could ignore. For example, heat weapon. Mm-hmm. Anti-paladin, if a monk gets a weapon heated, just swap pol- or poles with uh, the anti-paladin standing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> You miss exactly one shot doing that because you took the time to swap. That's something else the warrior can do, which I find hysterical, is when like you have a line of warriors and they're all fighting and someone's pole gets destroyed with an arrow or a force bolt or whatever and the warrior next to them just stabs someone, grabs it, says scavenge, it gets fixed, and they continue on their way. And it's 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 super bean and sash. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so much as I'd love to give you the secrets of Soul Invictus for warriors, our secret was to not field them. <laughs> wow, you can be wrong, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, I, guess. I, was, I was the guy in Soul Invictus with a bunch of armor. Yeah, that is, is the thing. Oh. If your team doesn't have a bunch of like the Justicars, uh, which is Charlie's fighting company, have a lot of armor and they do field a decent chunk of warriors. They've recently transitioned in the past couple of years, I say recently, transitioned a lot more to bows because uh Sir Ice has just been sniping people for ever, and they've all been getting better at that. So they've fighting companies transition how they move and change their their tactics and their strategy based on uh, available resources i'll call it um aggro says the first thing i tend to focus on is manipulating the enemy team's positioning and movement around me in a way that naturally lets the rest of my team do their jobs um we talked about that making counteracting their strategy with tactics um Warrior is not a caster hunter type of class, but if you want to have a maximal impact and lead your team to victory, you have to understand the capabilities and work around them. You can often use your physical presence alone to move key enemy players or the bulk of the enemy uh, enemy around you. Most people would prefer not to have to engage with the big scary guy with six points of armor and open combat. They want to deal with you from 20 feet away so they can use their crowd control magic and put you into death positions that way uh, so you stay out of kill range. Uh, staying just barely out of 20 feet of range with your caster uh, out of range with a caster is ideal so you can engage in targets that are easy for you to deal with while avoiding your hard counters 20 feet is also terribly small distance amp carters are terrible at figuring out what 20 feet is it is the, it is the length of a small car guys like holy crap 
<laughs> People always yep, forget yeah. that size. It is not a... I, I've mostly not had too many issues with casters unless they are like really exceptional or very athletic. Um, I close that 20 feet pretty reliably before they finish like a three incant spell. Oh, yeah. And maybe they get it up. Like, like shove is one of the I just laugh pretty much at everyone who wants to shove me. because I'm like, <laughs> I can hit this guy. Maybe I don't kill him, but I've probably taken an arm or a leg. And if I've legged them, they're now in extra trouble and they're not getting away from me the second time. And it's just interesting to see. Um, Twenty feet's not big. I'm just that's, no. that's all I'm saying. That's, that's... Twenty feet is two pole arms. Yep. Yeah. If if you want a really good representation, a a Camry, a Toyota Camry, is nineteen and a half feet. Stand at the end of a Camry and put your opponent at the other end. That's twenty feet. That is no distance at all. And the you'll recognize the better casters because they start casting before you get in that twenty foot range because they know. Mm-hmm. 20 feet is not enough time to get off any of our incants besides break con, which doesn't stop a person charging you from 20 feet away. It's <laughs> it just not typically no. <laughs> the confusion could... layers. Definitely like, Oh, what did you do to me? <laughs> You're shouting something. Ah, <laughs> that's a different part of our game. That is unfortunate. The people mental cycles break down as they just hear someone yelling at them. Um, we'll get better at that as people get more used to the game. Unless we change up to V nine, you know, really really quickly we'll see um, we should just do and update some things add some classes right, right. A whole new uh, game but yeah <clears throat> that's different that's another 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 mm-hmm. we will see what happens <laughs> we've got they've got things out there talking about it um here's one of the things that i think is one of the most important questions that we have to ask as paragons as warlords especially as well um and any high level fighters how do we get better and not ruin our park's fun? Because yeah. we're here to grow the park. We're not here to make everyone else feel like scrubs. This uh, is a great question. <laughs> Let's start with the warlords. Because uh, Belth was this way. We're going to go reading way. Belthio, what is what is a way you get better? And you wrote a class on this for SKBC. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the, the the best thing that you can do is pick out specific aspects that you know you're weak at or weak against in the case of battle games like this and polish those aspects particularly you can always especially with a class that is as kit dependent as warrior if you're not going out in full six points you're gimping yourself that's going to force you to have to think about things differently and to get better at other aspects of it like blocking instead of letting your armor soak hits you're going to have to be more cognizant of that kind of stuff so intentionally limiting your so you can focus on things and force yourself into situations where you're going to have to improve other aspects instead is a fantastic way to continually improve yourself and minimize your impact on the fun of the entire thing of the battle game. Makes sense. Uh, Jay? So this this is something I've I've had such a pet peeve about for for so long is that like people are excited they love playing this game and they want to be good at it in whatever field that they love whether it's casting or fighting or you know the assassin warrior etc and I encourage them to push and and I would love to see people get better the better they get the better I get to each other the worst place on the planet sometimes to do it is at your local park um, and this is all I think uh, park size dependent though. 
um, I've been fortunate enough to play at a lot of a lot of different size parks over the my, my time in Apgard from my home park being like three people to like 40 people to my current park that fluctuated between 30 and 60 every single weekend and that's a fantastic place at that point to practice some of these things like not hurting your yourself by playing down your class too much you could you know okay i can play in six points now six points in every battle game for the whole day even at the park level is probably pretty oppressive um however there's no reason you shouldn't be allowed to have fun too so you should absolutely do it at least one of the games and if you know you have three games that are coming up that day well pick one maybe not the first one maybe you play the second one you know you get a nice little warm-up in maybe you fight in like a single You're like ah okay cool single point on oh, run around and then you suit up for your second one and the third one you don't have to and the fun for the people that will really struggle against that isn't diminished too much it's one game it's 15 minutes maybe a half an hour depends on your group and how big it is and and that's not so bad but again that's that's my mindset for like a park when it's fairly large if i have a park of like 10 or less people i just wouldn't wear six points i would almost not even play warrior um at that point and i would practice other skills with something else maybe and that's that's dumb because this is the warrior class so like i don't want it to not play their class um but i would nerf myself a lot wear one point just so i can practice calling my points you know have it be sectional but i might go out there and single sword and maybe I even like offhand single sword and a javelin or something, or all javelins today, you know, for one of the games and, and just have some fun with it. And even if you wore more points of armor then, but you nerfed yourself in that manner, like say, okay, I've got four javelin. This is what I brought, and I've got four points of armor. Okay, you still have four points of armor. If you're still a good fighter, you okay. can still do a lot with your, your stabby weapons and your throwy javelins here. But it can be really funny because you're suddenly the guy goofing around like, ah, and throwing them at people. And that can go a really long way to increase the fun of everybody that's around you. So um, just be prepared to look at your, uh, well, or I guess if, if the classes are super unbalanced, you can try to make suggestions about that. People don't necessarily like to hear your opinion. I talk too much. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, if if you're playing a life game and they don't and you have the healer and you're the warrior and you have the armor and they're like the three new kids and some guy with a bow, you can be the one to be like, hey, I'm gonna go switch with that other kid over there, or or something like you can volunteer yourself to to make it a little more balanced and and that could also be really fun for the other team. Then if you see see a problem, if you see something, say something, right. <laughs> That, that's my thoughts. I, I could go on and on and on about this one, but you know, you, you will get opportunities. Go show out at Kingdom. Kingdom is the place to show it. I, I have no problem being like, it's Kingdom. I've been prepping for like three months or six months for this big event. I've got my gear. I put in a little practice here and there, and now it's the real deal. I get to put everything on and show out my, my best, because it's, it's your Kingdom. This is where you earn those Paragons. This is where you want your, your people to see you do well. And that's a great opportunity. There's lots of games. Uh, if they don't have fun for one game, they have so. They can avoid you. There's like a hundred people. I'll shut up now. Thank you. <laughs> Ty. Um. Yeah. So, uh, the the armor is of course one of the most important parts. You know, reduction of armor depend on the people. Uh, one simple thing too, and I think it's been something that I've been told and it really goes a long way like smiling 
Like, little a new if you're fighting against a new player, they're coming up against you. Don't like smile menacing like, hey, hey, hey I'm gonna take you out. <laughs> like, you know, like giving like, like, hey, like sometimes you you can kind of convince them where to go just by like you know being nice to them. Like this isn't a situation you want to be in. And it kind of teaches them while they're doing it, but also not like just killing them and taking them out of the game. Um, to put them like that. I know uh, a, a story I heard about a new person coming to a park. They were given a bow. They were um, like just playing and a full kitted warrior in like a, like a 7v7 game. This full kit warrior comes, breaks the bow, legs them, and walks away. Like level one archer over here so like this is a brand new person the fact that they're still playing is a godsend because if that was my first time first off like screw warriors because (laughs) it's yeah a 6v6 game and he's yeah take away my weapon take my leg and they're also like oh by the way you can't take deaths that was that's a bad mechanic for battle games don't don't stop your players from taking deaths it's it's stupid Yep. Yeah, but like, even though like we always talk about like being a presence on the field, uh, being a presence doesn't have to be always the commanding presence. Um, sometimes it's just like the the person who accepts people, and when we're all decked on armor, we're the shiniest person. We're we are targeted for multiple reasons, and I mean, people see me, and I'm a lot of time the first person they talk to. I'm just like, you know, like, hey, oh, it doesn't help that I wear, like, you know, all the Captain America stuff. And they're like, <laughs> I recognize him. Oh. So, but, like, so on a field, they're going to recognize you, too. And, like, okay, you're, you're the shiny person. The the new person's going to go to you, too. Maybe you don't go full scale, or maybe you reduce your fighting against them as well. But while still going full scale on some of the people that you know can go full scale on. So, that's my, uh, my little spiel on that. Mm-hmm. And Aurelius. So uh, my method is similar to what Lily does. Um, rather than kidding down, what I'll do is uh, nerf myself in other ways. I'll pick an objective that has nothing to do with the game that we're currently playing and work on accomplishing that. For example, if I've got, you know, back in my, my warrior days when I was wearing seven points from the neck down, and 7-7 seven, seven, you could do that. Yep. Um, my objective wouldn't be to kill anybody on the other team. My objective would be to get to the other side of their team alive. So if I had to take an arm or a leg or something to get through, okay, sure, fine. But I'm not trying to fight through their team. I'm trying to position myself on the other side. So the skill I'm working on there is tracking armor in different locations. I'm practicing taking the hits and remembering where I've been hit, how much I've got left, so on and so forth. And uh, if I at any point lose track, at that point you take a death. Just assume you're dead. Uh, another thing to do is to practice changing out kit rapidly. Like bring a polearm and a couple of swords and work on a, you know, purposefully throw a shot to their shield rather than, like, yeah, you, you can absolutely juke out and stab the new kid in the guts. Or you can smack their shield, let them rush you, and work on transitioning to Florentine. Like, pick a specific skill and work on that. Mm-hmm. And it also lets the new kid be the heroes. Like, oh, they took down Sir uh, Aurelius, the, 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 <laughs> the big tanky warrior. It's like, yeah, nicely done. Good hits. Don't tell them you're doing that. Just do that. 
it's a it's a big thing. Yeah. Running drills, I think a lot of fighter practice, and uh, Delos is a big advocate for picking a goal, a small goal, not telling anybody what it is, or like uh, uh, something you're sticking to that day, and then doing it and working on it. Agro's got the same thing in his. You work on drills, like you have to block three shots before you can throw one, or uh, choosing to only like you can only walk during this battle game or things like that. It, it's there's a lot of things you can do to make your self improve and get better while not ruining somebody's day. Well, and outside of that, if you, if you even want like a, a just a little piece at the better you get at this, the more it becomes, um, in my opinion, your responsibility or your obligation to have to make it fun instead, <laughs> especially for anyone who pushes for the knighthood thing. It, it, it becomes, uh, yeah. Look, if I'm out there just being a dick all the time, it's not fun, and that's that's bad. So now it, it's now my uh, obligation to make it entertaining. And if that means that I run around and roll around in the dirt and goof around and laugh and I'm playing up whatever role, the role play part now matters. And you can have a lot of fun with this. And it doesn't have anything to do with the class, but the longevity of your park and the fun and health of your park is number one. In my opinion, that's the most important thing, and the, the skill comes with with playing, anyways. Like you'll just get better because they're still going to cast at you, they're still going to shoot at you, they're still going to throw things at you, and it, as long as you make it fun for them, it's it's a win every mm -hmm. single time. There is something the druids pointed out. Um, every once in a while, like post, make sure your your park knows it. Say like, hey, I'm going 100% on this day for this battle game, and let those people that want to sharpen themselves and like really try against that hard like if they want to try to beat billy badass they that's the day they know they have to show up and try to beat billy badass um because that's kind of what balder and i ended up doing is we were getting our asses handed to us constantly as noobs because our park didn't really want to make itself easier so we sharpened ourselves against that and it got better it also made four or five people stop playing so i think doing it intermittently and and picking and choosing your days and you're like i'm gonna be a badass today if you want to take me out, do it that day. Otherwise, I'm going to just be practicing on other things. I think it works. Um, uh, quick yeah. modification to one aggro's drills. Instead of block three shots, lose three points of armor before you can swing. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's not to say stand there and take three hits. <laughs> Actually fight. Keep blocking. Once you've lost three points of armor, then you can start fighting. Get you on the half to, to act it back up. Yeah, it helps numbers and... Uh, Helps you keep track of where you've got points off and get better at defensive and then aggressive fighting. Um, I think we've pretty much covered the what equipment we think is important. Um, we've hit pretty much any of your equipment is really important, but uh, shields can be a trap. Your armor is really vital, and if you have six points, use it. It's It doesn't go bad. Like, when you die, it comes back. <laughs> There's no expiration date on your armor unless you leave it in salt water. Uh, different styles one, of fighting yeah the one bit i would want to touch on in the uh, equipment is min maxing your kit yeah and what we what we're talking about with that uh to me what that means is uh wearing the maximum number of points of armor you can possibly wear while remaining combat effective mm -hmm. first and foremost be combat effective while remain while maintaining that combat effectiveness then pack on armor right to the point where you are still combat effective, but more than you wouldn't be. Uh, Magnus's armor being a primary example of that. 
that armor's too heavy for him. It doesn't work. He's not effective while he's wearing it. Right. Uh, my armor, uh, the, what I was wearing while I still had video, was it's only four-point armor, but an Olympic gymnast could do their routine in that kit, mm-hmm. which is really more than I need. Yeah. I could probably put on a little heavier than that and be okay. Right. But uh, like to me, that that's an excellent kit, even though it's not maxing out the armor, but it's still maximizing my effect- effectiveness while wearing that armor. So, were there any other points people wanted to point out in the equipment, or did we pretty much hit it all? Pretty much hit it. All. Okay, so we had a question from Crow that I think fits here really well. Which, if I can get it up, uh, we talked about um, metaphor warriors, high mobility, crushing, breaking, pole build, Florentine, downstick, Zulu. So, what, uh, he's asking about some off meta builds. I think the equipment section is a very good spot to talk about that. Um, he lists for like teams like a tank warrior with an imbued shield uh supporting an archer and a healer maybe a barbarian while the warrior has a backpack full of javelins and things like that are there any off meta builds you guys have had fun with or have seen really effective on the field that don't seem like they should work but do yes yeah Uh, my squire does a light armored warrior where he wears relatively little armor maximum four points usually three Mm -hmm. uh he'll intentionally run up on a, a the uh, side of a battle where things are moving quickly, intentionally get himself killed, ideally by getting gapped, and then use his uh, uh, the the two, two yeah that's the one yeah. to come to pop back up ten seconds later and be behind the enemy team, yeah. and because he's wearing such a small amount of weight and he's maintaining his points because he didn't get hit in in the armor he got hit in gaps, uh, he's able to roll a team while still effective, and still essentially full up. Uh, similar to what the uh, elder players among us would remember as the monk bomb from 7-7. <laughs> where you rush a warrior forward to soak a bunch of spell balls with a monk that hiding behind them to transfer life as soon as they call dead. Oh. And now everyone's spent everything. <laughs> that's sneaky. I'm kind of glad that's gone. That's terrifying. <laughs> it really was. I, uh, I had a lot of fun with that. Um one of the meta builds i want to talk about is no armor and going and getting enchanted armor instead easy full coverage right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it covers your vulnerable to phase bolt and uh phase arrow yeah it requires friends yeah well, jamie get some friends <laughs> we have a giant belt line that has friends get yeah, friends can't make me i don't want <laughs> no, that, that that is a pretty slick way to do it i've seen that floating around several times now where people run magic armor instead to do their thing scavenger the works on it just better. as well the better fighter you are the better they're going to take advantage of that back I... in the glory days of soul invictus uh we fielded enough monks with poles that it was a guarantee that phase bolts were on the field so <laughs> uh we, we didn't see a lot of success on our team for that yeah time and place mm-hmm. but yeah. tactics right if they were prepared like it is what it is. They could with armored warriors. They could just as well have prepared FODs. Mm-hmm. Um, off meta. If I had a preference to like weird stuff that I've seen or tried, um, it is probably using the javelin like a down spear, having one built long enough to be one, and just typically fighting with it as a down spear, and then having the ability to throw that. So. Uh, it just made it easier to run up on mages and such. And if they didn't have any protection, I now, it, 
most of the time people looked at it and it was like, oh, it's definitely a down spear. It's definitely not a javelin. And oh, uh, crap, you just threw it at me. And I've been yelled at a few times. Like, dude, why'd you throw your weapon at me? I'm like, it's a javelin, dog. Like, that's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> and, and and that, because of its length and its that advantage, can cut a few feet off of my distance to get to them. And then that's a big advantage in my uh, negative matchup against someone who's a spellcaster. And sometimes it's okay mostly it's not it's not great i do other stuff primarily but that's been fun in the past so like that's kind of kind of goofy but if we're talking about like team stuff like weird like tons of javelins and and whatever javelins are just kind of awful <laughs> like all yeah. the time they're just not very good if you throw enough of them at somebody you might hit them eventually mm -hmm. but they're just so bad so if you're going to off meta it's almost better to go into um getting uh, heavy thrown weapons or enough assassins to use the small ones and bring in garbage, you know, garbage <laughs> pails filled and letting people just throw away. So I, I went out one, uh, this is not warrior related, but it was one of the day of games, maimed things back in the day. And I had made 300 throwies that were small throwies. And I walk around with a backpack filled with, I, I only have about 45 left now after all these years. And I, did, I didn't bother to pick them up anymore. I'm like, I just let kids take them. I did, okay, cool. And that is weirdly really good. Throwies um, are good. Well, they, they are good, but like when suddenly you bring 300 to a game, it really screws up the balance of what you're trying to do. And, and Polaris should know best when it comes to bringing too many pole arms <laughs> at too long a distance or too many archers with too many arrows. And, you know, that's the spirit of, of that, <laughs> kingdom, which is, is wonderful to do. It does make me mad when they say it's open field. And I'm like, hell no, it's not. You're not using my 300 throwies. I brought that for my team. That's your fault. You should be more prepared. <laughs> I mean, technically, you have discretion. That's yeah, true. It's, true. it's true. I mean, if we listen but, to Hog's ruling, there is no open field that's unsafe. So I agree. And I feel super duper. There was a somebody. Oh, actually, this is an argument with Charlie years ago. I literally just remembered it now where <laughs> exactly someone got hurt getting shot with an arrow and no one could like claim the arrow. And that's horseshit because you need to know whose it is. If it was mine and and Ty shoots it and, and knocks out Belfield's eye, it's my fault because I brought something bad to the field. Like you got to have names on things and, and people shouldn't be using it unless we know it's really safe or I'm ready to take responsibility for the consequences of somebody getting hurt. I've also been blamed for other people getting hurt when it's not my equipment. So I think that's pretty comical. Uh, <laughs> Hercule shot somebody in the eye with an arrow and I got blamed, and I had it wasn't my bow, it wasn't my arrow, it wasn't me. He's like six two and black. I'm a white <laughs> dude that's five eight. Like I'm like we're not even remotely the same. I was there that day, but I wasn't even shooting a bow. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's it's just funny people perspective is uh, weird. Anyways, that was a tangent about nonsense. That wasn't really the question. <laughs> no, you're gonna, this is a discussion that's alive, and we're going to do some weird tangents. It's going to happen. Um, any other weird off-meta builds? No? Not really? Okay, so... Not really. It's kind of hard to go off-meta with a warrior. You have a yeah. bunch of weapons, and you have armor, and that's yeah. what you've got. Right. Yeah. There's not too much. I oh, did I've see... I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, you can you do yours first. Mine's super duper simple, but... I saw... Um, there's been a little bit of a weird movement towards people getting uh, more attached to uh, small shields that are strapped to their arms and running uh, poles with the, the down, the, the strapped shield. And then they just have an extra, you know, layer of defense essentially 
that was starting to make a little bit of a comeback. But super common, and um, if you cross game for like Dag and uh, mm-hmm. Bell, yep. Darkon, um, it, they constantly. I've been doing a bunch of that now since they've been full swing for a while. But uh, it, it's just incredibly common. They can have back shields, so that's extra cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the um, even strapped to the arms and stuff makes a difference. I fought a guy who uh, was using a spear. He had a two-handed red, uh, their point of armor for their game, and he had a shield strap to him. We had the shield strap to his left arm. Well, the reason that's a negative is that the way that I personally fight with spears or poles in this case is I fight with it uh, left hand bottom, right hand on top, which means that I'm stabbing into the open side of, well, right-handed people's uh, sword or shield pocket. When That's typically people fight with sword and shield, so that ends up being where I stab. So the shield's on a worthless side of the body for him from fighting him. Well, eventually, after killing him enough times, he took that shield off and attached it to the other side of his body and now I had to stab into a shield or switch my hands or switch my position and it shows that this weird, for us anyways because it's not as common in Amcard, but this interesting thing that they're doing translates in some ways in a very cool and unique way for what we see in Amcard on a regular basis mm-hmm. it's kind of fun what was yours, I'd like then? to see one of those small shields oh. with a quick detach mechanism because yeah. I think a lot of the traps st- the traps for shields still apply Mm-hmm. Like you, it makes you vulnerable to a lot of engulfing spells that you wouldn't otherwise be vulnerable to. Right. And if it gets broken, now you're vulnerable to the all the interactions with a broken piece of equipment that from shots that would otherwise miss you. Right. Yeah. Well, that's probably why we don't see it as much. I'm sure, just like kind of culturally, it's like, oh, I've got this goofy thing on me that just gets in the way or eats uh, engulfing effects. Yeah. Uh, the goofy off meta thing that. Uh, and this is something that Megiddo and, and myself had talked about because we wrote our own um, set of like eight new classes for Ampguard that got posted. We called it uh, Dizzy Von Torches Shit Classes or something like that. <laughs> and it was on the Ampguard page. And, you know, it's full right. Anyone can go play with these classes. But the our idea was to make classes for Ampguard that were 100% worse than every class that we currently have. <laughs> and it unique... So that if you were going to play these, no one can complain that they're too powerful because they are dog shit by comparison. Now that I can know that I can say bad things, I'm going to yeah. say bad things. <laughs> so, so we did this, but one of the classes, which applies kind of to Warrior here, was the, I'm going to butcher the name, um, but like the Zweihander guys, where you basically only had a piece of chest armor, and the class was mm-hmm. written as such. A big, sweet, two-handed sword. And um, I think we allowed them to wear, like, armored gloves. <laughs> You couldn't wear anything on the upper part of your arms, and you could wear high boots that could count as a point of armor. But that was basically it. So your your upper legs and your upper arms had to be open. Your chest was covered. Your legs, and if you really wanted to challenge yourself, this this rule book is floating around. Um, and there's a pile of goofy variants on classes to go and goof around with that fall no um, unique or made up abilities but just goofy restrictions on already existing amp guard rules. Um, Cause it, you can't really do it if we're like, well, I have this ability that we've made up that no one knows about. Well, that's stupid uh, for the sake of balancing and having people allow us to do what we're doing and playing a unique class in the middle of a uh, well-established rule set. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be a funny way. If we were going to translate it to warrior right now, you could do the same thing. You could wear yourself a single point glove boots and, uh, and you can your chest piece. We I think we said they could go up to five points or six points or something. Which is like whatever. That's a ton of points. And then you have to use a two-handed big sword, not a pole arm, <laughs> but it's got to be a big, cool two-handed sword. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts. 
This sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I feel like Belfield's down with that. Yes. Two, two of his swords sitting in my, <laughs> in my closet. Just, just big, great swords. Be crazy. I think that would be cool. And it would still be strong enough, but I think you'd have fun and it wouldn't be so game-breaking that you could probably get away with it now and then at like your local park level. Don't necessarily play our made-up goofy class, but if that kind of restriction was fun for you, then you could pretend to be one. And if you've never looked up these dudes whose names I've butchered again, their outfits are fantastic and very, very, very neat. The Lendage, like Lodzknecht. or whatever. Lodzknecht. Yeah, that thing. I can't, I can't say it. Language there I don't want to try. I'll butcher it and sound dumb. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to uh, a question that I think directs. It, it's a little more in in uh, talked about, but it's also something that I think Paragons have a really good uh, input on, which is how to get the most out of your armor and your enchantments. Um, because, like we said earlier, Ancestral Armor is one of your stronger abilities, um, and your armor is probably one of your biggest assets, so you need to make sure that lasts and is continuously strong, and how to make the most out of that. So, um, basically what I want to talk about for this is how do you guys make the most out of your armor every single life, even after you've run out of that Ancestral Armor? Do you go get another one, or would you prefer to go get a different enchantment from somebody? Um, we'll start with uh, Bell. Yeah. Uh, so biggest way to maximize your armor and to ensure that you're making full use of it after the fact would be two things, like picking skirmishing kind of engagements where you'll get a kill and then you back up quickly so you can use your scavenge just immediately unless it's impossible. But you should be, like, if you don't have Ancestral at that point uh, and you're really just trying to, like, prolong this one particular life then yeah you want to be picking those quick skirmishes where you get a kill back out scavenge and then also um like never never underestimate if you're way down on armor just because you got whacked by a bunch of people never underestimate taking a death to get your equipment back if the game type allows that like if it's a quick turnaround and in uh you, you know your death count or something like that then you can get your full kit back by just taking that that could be cool uh, as well, using your armor and being cognizant of where you have lots of points left. So if I'm over here fighting and I'm getting whacked on my right-hand side a lot, transition and start getting whacked on the left-hand side a lot instead. And you're spreading out, like you're dispersing and you're using full point value of all the other locations. Like come up here with a high knee or something like that if you have to <laughs> soak a shot to your body. <laughs> it works. It does. <laughs> I think so, I've seen yeah. some, I think I've seen at least it's probably everyone in this chat use the knee to bring it up and block that hip shot at attorney. Cause yes, 100%. It works. It's weird, but it works. Um, oh, whatever you're going to do to survive. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> right. Um, Aurelius, I know you're not as quite as familiar with the V eight versions for the mechanics, but what do you do to normally get the most out of your armor? Well, I'll talk a little bit more about the armor itself rather than about the abilities for exactly the reason you just stated. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the most, so what I look for to get the most points I can and still remain combat effective is uh, a combination of weight, breathability, and thermal transfer. So you want the lightest armor you can wear that still gets the point value you're looking for. 
Uh, my preference is to use uh, either thin gauge stainless steel uh, with a bonus to it to get it back up to full nominal points, whether that be an arm and coat or welded. In the case of the armor that I was wearing still in the video, mm -hmm. I used both welded link and arm and coat to bring it up to four. Mm -hmm. uh, for plate, I use aluminum to drop weight considerably. Yep. And then uh, I use heavy gauge because even very thick aluminum weighs a third of what steel does. Uh, so on and so forth. Uh, far as breathability, uh, Belthel's armor is great for that because it's got a lot of gaps. And especially if you lace it a little bit loose, not to where it's shaking around, but just enough so that you get some flex in the plates. As you're moving around, it'll tend to force air through it and give you a lot more breathability than a lot of other types do. Uh, I personally prefer uh, Lorica Segmentata. First off, because it looks badass. But second off, because all those different layers, especially if you set up the gap in the layers right, you get a huge amount of airflow through it. Uh, chain is another good one for that. You really can't maximize chain for a warrior, but for those of us who like anti-palette a lot, uh, chain is a great option because it breathes better than just about anything else. Um, what goes underneath your armor is also critical for breathability. Uh, my arm and coat is pure linen. It's uh, two layers of linen with wadded up linen in the piping, so it breathes incredibly well. It also weighs very little and uh, wicks sweat very nicely. Mm -hmm. It's about the next, next best thing to Under Armour, and it's layerable in an arm and coat. I don't think I would trust Under Armour as an arm and coat. <laughs> no. You would have no Under Armour at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, it'd be torn to shreds. Oh, yeah. Versus linen, I've still got the first armor coat I ever made out of it, which was, I think I made that in 2017 or 2018, and it still looks like the day I made it. I mean, it can get washed. Uh, it, it It's pretty resilient. If it gets a tear or something, it you can fix it. It's not that bad. Exactly. Please, please wash your army coats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> wear it. Wash it every time you wear it. For the love of all that is good and decent, wash it every time you wear it. Uh, and the last one, which a lot of people don't consider, is heat transfer. Uh, aluminum is ex incredibly good at heat transfer. So if you stand in the shade for 10 minutes, you're back to nominal temperature. Versus steel, you're going to take more like 20 or 30 minutes to get back to nominal temperature just because it holds heat a lot better than aluminum does. Mm -hmm. Another thing to consider is the finish on your armor. Black armor looks really cool, but you've got about 20 or 30 minutes of combat effectiveness in the hot sun and at keep in September. Versus <laughs> if you've got shiny aluminum armor, you've got probably closer to an hour, and then you need a 10-minute break under in some shade. And then you're right back to it. <coughs> um, so for me, that's how I maximize the effectiveness of my armor planning way ahead by getting the best armor you can or making the best armor you can uh jamie uh so my thing ended up freezing so i, I missed some of what we were talking about uh what's the subject that the, we're on the ancestral armor how to get the most out of your armor and enchantments okay excellent um so uh same spiel i like positive trades um if i can kill someone and only get hit a singular time excellent always happy I guess that's breaking even, so that's really positive. But if I can uh, get some free kills, whatever, and then, you know, maybe I trade and I still have 30 seconds, I can scavenge, whatever. But uh, uh, so picking good targets for me to kill to take advantage of of that. Um, so that gets me a lot out of my armor there. Um, oh, God, I got, I had things and then it froze and I, I knew I felt pretty good about what I was going to say for this here. So let me, uh, let me look at my. I've referenced the notes for the first time tonight. No. This is why <laughs> I give people questions sorry. in advance. 
<laughs> I know. Uh, lost my spot. Well, no. So I tried it the first time with not giving Broton the answer, like the questions, and um, there's a lot of talking. Like Broton is very long-winded, so that that didn't help. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you out of focus. Um, so making the most out of it, yeah. So doing that, and then um, we've we've just talked so much about so many things. So even like the kit that mm-hmm. you're using, like I'm sure that was talked about at this point. Um, making sure that you're using the proper equipment to make sure that you can play as long. So if you can play longer, you can kill more. If you can kill more, you're more useful. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much like the number one, man. Like, pick good engagements, win those engagements, profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If I think of something else, I'll, I'll bring it up. But this is a uh, this is where I'm at. That freeze is killer for me. Now you're good, <laughs> Ty. So I'm going to kind of focus on enchantments because I feel like armor has been touched a lot. <laughs> um, and kind of just like it's it's one of the things that I do sometimes depending on who I'm playing against or what I'm playing against and stuff. Um, like a lot of times out of the bat, like you have ancestral armor, you'll start off just using ancestral armor going out right away. I don't. I tend to like wait until like, you know, if I have to go back like once or twice or like a little bit through the game, then I'll use my first ancestral armor, um, mainly because sometimes those wizards or druids like jump. The, they won't ask what the enchants are; they'll just shoot it at me. Cool. All right. Well, now that I don't have a chance, I don't have to say what enchants I had before. I'm like, but they're thinking, yeah, I got rid of his ancestral armor because he's a six-point warrior, and I guarantee he had it on right away. And I'm just like, I mean, I had Harden on. <laughs> <laughs> which i'll get back later anyways so yeah i i tend to like look at the groups who will do things like that and uh kind of pick and choose especially in like those those much larger games like i can't tell you how many times or they're like they'll or they'll point at me they're like warrior enchantments and i'll say like harden they're like okay and then they ignore me and then I step back, I put on Ancestral Armor, move forward again, and they're like, hit me in the spell, and like, point, and then they're like, like they're either not focusing on me anymore, or they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and suddenly now I'm a target again, but that just like confused their targets. Or, I mean, sometimes they like, they get angry at you because you're like, well, they lied to me. I'm like, no, I didn't. I but, put it on later. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, sometimes just a, uh, the kind of sleight of hand version of putting on your enchantments really uh, really throws people off and can change how their strategies work. Because, I mean, I probably should get a, uh, a Paragon like, sash for it, but when you wear just a normal sash, sometimes they're like, oh, he must not be level 6 already because he's not <laughs> using ancestral armor. I'd be like, yep, that's it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. A little fun thing. The Druids talked about that a little bit too. Instead of, especially Teflon, who's from uh, Winter's Edge, don't blow your load on the first 30 seconds of the game. Games are kind of long. You should you should plan and choose where your pushes are going to be. And if you can hold on to some of those enchantments for like a really vital push, that's probably better than, you know, being useless for 75% of a game. Instead so of... barbarians yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's really unfortunate but you're just playing the game like a barbarian would play it they're done in right. 10 minutes and then they've used their things and it's hey, yeah. over here now they're just um, like I... yeah 
it did remind me, Ty, what you said is exactly what I do. I maybe, maybe use a Harden right away, and I don't bother with Ancestral. I feel out how people are playing. If I know the game is long, if the game is a 15-minute game, then cool, I'll jump right into it. I'll use my enchantments. It's 15 minutes. I'm going to go hard. Yeah. yeah. But if it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you almost never actually last 45 minutes, but whatever. I'll spend 10 or 15 minutes figuring out what's up, and then once I feel pretty established, I'll start using my enchantments. And I, people have offered enchantments. I make the jokes about no friends to get my, my enchantments from. I'm like, don't bother. Don't waste it right now. I don't want to get dispelled immediately, or I want them to waste it on my heart. Like, exactly. And then I'll, I'll come get you here in like 10 minutes, and we'll do it. But yeah, I mean, the Wizards have a lot of D-mags that right. are on refresh, or they're, they're per refresh, or they have to charge them. And at the end of the game they only have probably one available to them to cast if you cast that hard and they freak out and just like demag you and then you step back and put that last ancestral armor on they've got to go back charge it you can go murder chop them all you want um mm -hmm. i i think that's a, a transition we're seeing in the meta of picking and choosing when your enchantments happen instead of just doing an initial giant push of everyone have all their enchantments on right away off the bat because then everyone has all their DMAX and their break cons and everything else. And it doesn't, it, it puts more, uh, it puts more use in later game instead of just making the first five minutes of the game matter. And the rest of the game is just holding lines. Um, okay. So the rest of these are opinions that, uh, I like asking cause they're fun. Um, leveling slowly quote unquote there's some background to this um some people are unhappy with the fact that we take 53 credits to get to level six they think it takes too long and they're unhappy that it takes too long to get to level six um as paragons do you guys think it's important that we level quote unquote slowly or does it really matter also should level test still be a thing because i i know for a fact polaris we don't we don't do it and we're fine <laughs> I've never been in a kingdom that did level tests. I know of one that does it. One. There are 22 kingdoms. One kingdom does it as far as I know. That's a bad ratio that's in a rule book. Um, let's start with Ty on this one. So, I mean, levels, I feel like when you're new, levels are more important. The longer you're in the game, the less you care about your levels as much. Like, you can go, like, most most kingdom things uh, push at level 6 anyways. They're like, yeah, you're going to be level 6 for this. Like, but I kind of feel like, you know, for a start, like, honestly, for starting the game, like, levels make you feel like you're accomplishing something. So, seeing the level progression, I feel like kind of actually keeps people... That's kind of what kept me in. Like, I started out as a warrior and uh, previous... Was, wasn't it, like, 60... In uh, 62 or 67 or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. In, in, in V7. Yeah. And, but like that kind of kept me going. Like like I, you see those abilities you're gaining up to. And it's, I mean, it's it's an RPG for us. So like you want to level up. You want to do that thing. You want to get better. You want to get stronger. So I feel like it kind of kept me in the game, kept me doing that more. And then I know like, oh, I can go to an event and get extra, extra points. And I, so I feel like having it like it constitutes basically a year. You stick you stick with this class for a year, doing it every single week, you'll get that. Which I I don't think it's too long. Like I think like V seven kinda 
like when they when they brought it back brought it down to the year mark i think it made a little more like it made it actually more bearable or more realistic i guess so mm -hmm. i think it's perfectly fine where it's at jay so uh irrelevant silly people are silly 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 no i mean it used to be way worse and the classes were worse and the grind was harder. I mean, we used to get 0.25 credits for fighter practices Air or practice, something yeah. like that. We get quarter credits. West like, March still does it. Yeah, that's dumb. West March, I'm calling you out. That's fucking stupid. You should feel bad for that. <laughs> like, that doesn't encourage more people to want to play. That's terrible. I don't want to go to fighter practice for a quarter credit. I'm not going to waste my time. Or I just don't give a shit about that credit anymore. Like, it's absolutely pointless. Right now, I can sign in all over the fucking country and get piles of credits. I'm six and everything. And we've been in COVID and I've been a night since co like start of COVID. And I've played like the Paladin classes, like barely, like once, one time I've had the opportunity to six and all. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's not game breaking. It's a new player who's now level six when they shouldn't be level six is going to just be bad. They're still bad. They're new. I, and that's not, it's not fair to say they're bad. That's mean. They are underdeveloped. They don't know any better. They're inexperienced. It doesn't matter that they're level six. It's not going to be impactful. It doesn't hurt anything. Balancing games because, like, well, are you level six? Well, doesn't mean that I'm any good at the class. <laughs> it, it just, it just doesn't make a difference. This is still very fast, and with the leniency that most of the kingdoms have, and your ability to gain credits means that if you are very proactive and you have a more available schedule, or this is the thing that you want to make your primary hobby and do with most of your time, you can have fighter practice or craft nights or sign in just at every kingdom that you can possibly sign in on a weekly basis and get like 15 credits a week right now i mean it it's not it does not take a long time and it yeah okay maybe people are underdeveloped but if they stick with the game they will gain skill and they will become better so i don't see any reason that it's harmful and i don't necessarily I mean, we know who's good and if you've played long enough the people that are running these games are typically people who've been around for a minute so i'd like to think that they understand that like oh okay i can't put all of the warlords on the same team versus this other team of level <laughs> sixes because it's balanced that way well no the individuals are what make these things good the class is just a number like i can i i can go play a level one assassin and do fantastic because i'm a decent fighter like it, same thing can be said about other decent fighters the level is fairly irrelevant so Level test, I think it's cool. I think it's silly that we don't have it. I don't think it should be a requ uh, requirement to level up. Like I've said a lot of, you know, like I'll contradict myself here some, but I like more content and I don't like losing content. So like if people want to do it, excellent. I think they should do it. That's fun. It should be fun. It shouldn't be something to hold people back because if it stops a new player from wanting to play because someone's being a dingus about like, oh, well, you didn't score high enough on your level test to go to level two. That's a bummer then I don't think it should be a negative, but we could give them cool awards for passing level of test uh, instead and make it a very cool, like extracurricular thing where like, oh, I actually know everything about this class. So here's, um, you know, whatever. It could be a prerequisite to being a paragon. Here you go. You, you're a paragon. Take this test and, and prove it. Prove that you know this class. Because like I said, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm six and everything, but it doesn't mean that I know everything about Scout. I've played <laughs> Scout like four times ever in my amp guard career because it's just... It's okay if you're a good fighter, but it's also pretty much not very good either. So like it's, you know, whatever. So anyway, I like the, I like the idea of it, um, but I think credits are mostly irrelevant. I think it's a, a sweet hook for kids and leveling them up faster. I think is nothing but a positive. But this is pretty fast if you want to be proactive about getting credits. I I don't think it's a slow system. It's uh, if you if you if you play once a week, it's a slow system. But like you don't have to. You can do more stuff. So 
Anyways, uh, I'll keep talking. I'll keep yelling about it because ah, people drive me crazy with this one. <laughs> Aurelius? So I'm of two minds about it. I think our current system is extremely harsh to newer players. Uh, one of the most frustrating things out there is to show up on your first day, you're playing a level one warrior, monk, scout, whatever, and everyone else has all sorts of fantastic abilities and you have one or two things you can do and that's it. And you're not good at the game. But at least you have things you can do. I mean, you you remember seven five, seven six, seven seven. Assassin, oh, yeah. nothing. <laughs> Same with warrior. Nothing. Warrior had nothing. They were nothing classes. Now a warrior at level one has scavenge. Like you, if you have somebody loan you some armor, and suddenly this kid's not at that big a disadvantage. I mean, he still sucks probably, but like that's okay. <laughs> right. We all suck when we're new. Like I'm saying, is, it, is it's real. better now. It's better than it's ever been, but it's still not good. It does so sound like a first day player. Like that level one wizard is still going to get absolutely wiped by that level six druid or wizard or bard. Yeah. Like, and there's a level six warrior has a little more they can do about all that. So, uh, personally, I'd like to. I mean, some of that's a local park issue, and you're, it's up to your champion to solve mm -hmm. that. But on the other hand, if the level six wizard never gets to play level six wizard, they're going to stop coming too. So it's kind of six of one half dozen of the other there. Yeah. Uh, so personally, I'd like to see leveling happen a whole lot faster. Uh, alternatively, if we want to keep that year long time frame, let's do universal levels. So if I'm a level two player, I have 65 or 35 sign-ins or whatever. I'm level two in all of the classes. Or just a flat build across the whole thing. So in basically one year, you're level six in everything. Correct. Because after you've been playing a year, you probably understand the rule set well enough to pick up another class pretty readily. You might not know all the incants, but you at least know what the spell does. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if you've been paying attention. I know some year-long <laughs> newbies that are unfortunately lacking in that <laughs> area of what a spell is. Fair <laughs> enough. But, uh, I mean... It we got to plan for the average player, not the lowest common denominator among yeah. players. And the average player can handle the whole rule book at a year. So that, that, that's just my two cents. Either mm -hmm. speed it way up or keep it the same rate and level everything at once. That's a good point. But that I'm just one. Which is actually speeding it up like in like 10 times. 12, 14. <laughs> 14, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh i'm i was actually of a pretty similar opinion uh to aurelius when it comes to that kind of stuff not necessarily leveling up everything simultaneously uh but i i getting back to the whole hey this is what hooked me and i had like this identity going in to the game and it let me feel like i was getting this reward structure with growth and stuff like that i think that leveling up slowly for your first class is important in a couple of ways because it gets you more exposure to the game it gives you that hook for people who are motivated by that kind of stuff i never had any of that kind of motivation my least favorite aspect in any video game is feeling like i'm level gated behind stuff or time gated behind stuff it's like just let me let me be dark souls let me be as good as i you know am off the bat or whatever and if i can punch block this boss with my bare hand i can do that all the way to the end of the game or whatever but i digress not not my point I recognize that there are people out there who like that kind of stuff, and that is actually what keeps them coming back to the game. So, but after that, I also feel like 
it, it starts to lose its value a little bit because you become adjusted to the game. You become knowledgeable about it and having to go through that whole process again is is a humongous artificial block. It's like, no, I want to have fun. I want to play around with all this different stuff. You know, I want to want to try my hand at all these new things. So that's that's a, a good point towards Aurelius's uh, methodology of like, hey, when you get there, you know, you're level six and everything or something like that. Or not 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 crapping on like, you know, massive credit give outs or something like that. Because for the people that are taking those, they're probably like Ty was talking about too, they're probably not the most concerned with levels anymore at that point. Like the first first few are feel feel good, they're important or whatever, and then it starts to like go downhill as far as that being your source of enjoyment and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't know what the balance is there. Uh but at least for one class, I think it's not the end of the world to ask for, you know, a solid amount of investment. Uh, and then for a level test, I 100% agree with uh, Lily as well. It's like, hey, I don't know if I don't know if this should be required for you to be able to play the next level of your class, but I do think it's absolutely fantastic way of having people demonstrate some kind of level of mastery or something like that. Like, hey, maybe if you're on the path to become a paragon and that's a big end goal that you have then that's something that hey you can go out and say yeah i took a i took a test from the guild master of warriors or whatever and i passed and yay like boom it's a stamp i can put on my my sweet armor from the best class in the game <laughs> i mean didn't so didn't we actually just make a new award that is basically kind of like you know hey you're a level 1 tactician yeah yeah, yeah. I stole it and from I think my that's mouse. fantastic. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of doing that without the test portion of it, but it'd be easy enough to, you know, connect that to it. Yeah. yeah and, and that's... Now you got an award for it. Yeah. To be to be completely transparent about this, I was not indicating at all that this should be like a required aspect of climbing yeah. that ladder. It's just, it's something if the person was interested in it and they wanted it, it's like, hey, yeah, we can develop a level test for you. And if you want mm-hmm. to, test yourself against it. That's, that's cool. Yeah. We don't do you know, uh, circle of... chase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't have the guild the guild masters. No, anymore. we don't have the guild masters. We, we also don't have a technical circle of paragons in Polaris. Technically, seems irrelevant. Yeah, mostly. I mean, yeah, you know, it it can be super cool. Like this game lets us do so much to have fun, and it's really in our hands as players. If we want to make more, we can make more, and that's that's really neat. There's so many things that are out there that you can't do that with. I can't affect uh, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> You know, and then this—I mean, you can do some house rules, I guess, and play it by those. But like in this case, we, we get to kind of shape our our culture, our our people, our friends, and make these very unique things, and that that's super neat. Always makes me sad to cut things, but in some cases, some of this stuff is a little dated or doesn't have much value today in current Ampguard. But you know, it happens. You guys are doing good. We get to I mean, evolve and change. It's way more quiet down here in the CK. <laughs> Why should I get in band? That's pretty. We're pretty good at that. Are you talking as an as a whole kingdom or just individual? But well, we tried as a kingdom. And, you know, we we worked real hard at that, like twice. <laughs> like the, the circle of monarchs were not very happy about all that. But you know, we we came together to just go out in a blaze of glory and they said no so we got denied all the fun of getting banned as a kingdom so that's too bad and now that we have to settle for individuals i mean mm-hmm. harsh language like dork that'll get you i know the the boot uh i was i was up for review because i called people dorks 
and I guess that was really offensive, so they wanted to suspend me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be offensive, y'all. Come on. Like, have you ever seen Ed and Eddie? Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Come on. It's, it's not so bad. I love Ed and It's amazing. It's on uh, HBO, like, right now. Like, the HBO Max or whatever. So, like, if you have that, it's uh, <laughs> it's not really restored. You can't make it look really any better than it no. looked. It's pretty rough. But very funny very smart and if you haven't seen that i recommend it of course because it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. um topic. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna go way off topic for a bit uh okay so leveling slowly um agar agrees with your guys's points the um it doesn't feel fun to play gimped at park when you're low level um i think that we have to work as a culture to make more battle games for everyone or either like play a sing a first or third level battle game every other park day or whatever do something that allows the new players to join in and do things like and and play at a higher level and feel equal to other people and at least written ability instead of uh just telling them that they're no good for almost a year and then when they finally get level six they realize that they're still not good. They've got so much more to go and it takes forever. Um, the high skill gap thing we do. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's been two hours and 40 minutes since we started recording. The other ones, uh, we've got opinions on armor breaking uh, versus seven, uh, armor breaking in V8 versus 7.5. And any changes you guys would like to see for V9? Um, are there any big things you guys want to talk about from that? Uh, V8.5. Instead of V9. Okay. Just, I just want... make improvements. Like, come on. Like, we yeah. could have a couple new classes. We could update some of the classes we already have. You know, bing, bang, boom. We got a sweet new thing to play. Like, the biggest uh, thing that worries me about V9 is I haven't seen, like, a prescribed, like, a, a set of goals or whatever, like they had with V8, where they're like, hey, these are the things we're specifically out to try and fix within the game or whatever. Like, we want to streamline stuff. We want... You know, spell incans to be very indicative of things. We want to try to tone casters down a little bit so it's not, we don't have to have these ridiculous ratios or whatever. I haven't seen any of that kind of like statement or mission or anything for V9 in particular. And from what I've seen so far, I don't know if there's a whole lot of intercommunication between the different committees that they have. And I think that's going to be like, how do you know how you should change armor if you don't know what's going on over in class world or something like that? Like to me, it seems it's, it seems difficult and if this were to be a change it's gonna be a while so i'm like i'm in that thing and so i've been a part of some of these discussions on their their discord stuff and it is so very early in the gathering data yeah. stages of things we might it might be another it, it could be five to ten years before we even see something like that's play testable and if it doesn't look better than what we currently have it's not going to go super far which is why i'd love to see just some some tweaks to some classes that are outdated barbarian is outdated like i i like it i still think it's a good class i have fun with it however it yeah you're done in 10 minutes and you got nothing else to do with your time it could use a little bit of a rework here Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a massive one. I'm not saying like, let's just amp this thing up and make it ridiculous, but a little rework on how some of these abilities work. So they have more to do. Cause it, you know, I mean, hell, uh, everybody else gets to do things throughout the whole course of a game. And if the game goes on for more than 15 minutes, I'm out of stuff. 
I mean, I can still adrenaline and whatever, but like, yay. Mm. That's, you know. Oh, and the end state of a brutal strike. <laughs> Once per <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I know we there's a lot of people that talk, and it's just, it's so, I don't know. It seems like an extreme. I don't know. So if I remember correctly, the schedule that they had before COVID was five years was the earliest they were going to put out like official play tests from that before COVID. COVID would definitely set that backwards. So that means we're looking at five or six years down the road from when COVID ends. Like, Oh, I'll be retired. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not five or six years. We'll, we'll see. My back holds up, but uh, it's, it's, and, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. You gotta be, you gotta be Delos. Let's go Let's push 50. <laughs> <laughs> she's having to rework all his stuff uh, the docs basically told me I should plan for early retirement well yeah. just be a caster I could I could also go back to shooting shooting is fun like yeah. I enjoy that it's just bending twisting snapping motions they'll always hurt me mm. that's kind of existing now they'll, they'll always be fun and there's always things to do and I love this thing and I hate to think like oh man like five years what do you do with that's it, that's it. <laughs> like five more years that's what you're telling me oh god I'm not even 40 like that all but anyway that's that's a that's a lot more personal nonsense that matters i i think that v8 is very well written i think it is very very good and they did a very good job with this and we can say what we want about uh b and his person but the game that came out of the people involved with that was a massive improvement from 7-7 and i'm not saying that they couldn't make a game that was better in v9 I just think they would be hard pressed to do it. I think they would get more out of doing an updated version. I've said that three times. I'll say it four mm -hmm. times, five times, however many times they'll enough people hopefully go, mm, maybe we should just add some classes. Cause we do it in, in MMOs all the time. We get new classes, new expansions. Like, why don't we have the expansion uh, of V8? Like that would be super fun. You could blow it up with a new theme and add some cool themed classes to the new theme and then give people something really to be excited about. And even if it's unlocking anti-paladin paladin, that's not even enough. I would want, if they're going to do that, do it, but then add, give me two more things, two more neat things to play. Like that would be very fun and interesting and, and you know, whatever, add more, add the new, add a new knighthood at that point. Here's the new expansion, you know, featuring sweet new knighthood for people, new classes, um, and maybe even an adjusted leveling system since we just talked about that, you know, be something I know, uh, I'm trying to get my hands on it, but V8 point to something, whatever it was called update turtle and it had a bunch of changes and it fundamentally changed, um, a couple of the classes, including barbarian. And it had, uh, archetypes for melee classes. Um, sure. It yeah, it unfortunately did not pass the vote in the rules rep organization. Um, but I'm trying to get my hands on it and like see if we can convince them to change some of it to make it work. Well, I mean, maybe take some of the groundwork that was done there and find the parts that were liked. Mm -hmm. What parts of this were liked? If they don't like it as a whole, well, maybe this is a good adjustment to Barbarian. And I don't know why we're not doing that. That simplest way to do this instead of rewriting a whole, right. whole thing. It's hard to get 22 people to agree to any one thing, though, especially when we make them as large batch changes instead of single individual playtest changes. Like, all right, this is our small change to Scout. This is our small change to Barbarian. They're just like, this is turtle change, and it includes a whole overhaul of a bunch of different things. So, Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. 
we'll see what comes out of it. I'm I'm trying to get my hands on it. But uh any other opinions on the either armor breaking current system versus V seven point five? <laughs> or the V9, the things we'd like to see in V9. I kind of just mushed the last two together because they're... Well, personally, I'd like to see a, a lot more customizability with melee classes in V9. Mm -hmm. Currently, Warrior is a pay-to-win class. Uh, you're able to make armor yeah. for 50 bucks if you have a friend with tools. Uh, if you don't have a friend with tools, you're pretty much SOL far as spending less than several hundred dollars to make a viable Warrior. Yeah. Archer's another one that's a pay-to-win class. So we have multiple classes that seem like they ought to be mainstays of games that are pay-to-win. Versus Warrior especially could benefit from uh, having some customizability. Like maybe if you only take three or four points of armor, you get additional abilities or immunities or something. That's uh, that's actually one of the things I'm in a, uh, a group that's putting stuff together for uh, for them, and I'm in their, the Warrior chat for it. And like one of them is kind of like a, uh, they get reduced down to four points and then they get like imbue shield instead of, uh, Pardon. like instead of those. Yeah. Well, instead, uh, they, get rid of, they, they get rid of ancestral armor and they're reduced down to four points and they get imbue shield. Less power. So less powerful, but then also <laughs> gives, gives a, uh, an alternate source. Like, so maybe that person can't afford all that armor. They only have one point armor. But then they can use their shield, and suddenly that shield that was a yeah. trap before is now a thing that is a staple for them. Mm -hmm. So What I would like to see, and I don't want to forget it because I'd forgotten until it kind of brought up, I don't see why fake synthetic armor, so I'm going to say cosplay armor specifically, can't be valued at like a max of three points instead. I think we would have a much greater looking fantasy feel to the com um, combatants on our field if I knew I could get three points of armor out of my armor. I don't think it should be six points because then it defeats the purpose of ever wearing, you know, authentic or near authentic or whatever, metal armors. But three points for, like, um, when I, like, like, like Charlie's a good example. He'd had that real neat, some of that real neat cosplay stuff. It, yeah. Usually it's not super tough. Like, okay, cool. It can break down in real life, but we're a fantasy kind of LARP. We're a LARP, damn it. Mm -hmm. Let him look super fly and get some points for looking super fly. Like, that would be awesome. If you're talking about the Diablo armor, it's leather. It's a hardened leather. Okay, well, maybe that was leather. No, no, not, oh, not he, as much. He that had, is, the one that he made, he was like a, a wizard. Uh, so, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's called okay. a warbler. Warbler is what it was made out of. Yeah, it was made out of Warbler. Like, I don't, I don't see why we can't have um, some of these just there's beautiful sets of cosplay stuff out there. And if the Amp Guard community slash SCA slash LARPers, the people who make this armor actually took to it to make it functional versus just show pieces, because a lot of times the cosplay outfits themselves are made to look real good, but you're not supposed to do somersaults in it. <laughs> if you can do a somersault in your cosplay armor, I want to give that guy three points. And encourage them to be on my field because that looks great for for new kids who come out. That looks great for any newspapers that want to come by the newspaper because people read those. But like whatever, <laughs> anyone who sees this when we get on to social media, it's like holy crap! They have oh, look at some of the beautiful LARPs out in um in like Europe that are doing incredible things with very cool outfits. And and that is so pushed and it's more forced because you kind of look like the LARP there, but. For us, I think it could be nothing but advantageous, and that's increasing the cap by a little bit, and I don't think it would make... I mean, how many warlords do you know getting dressed up in cosplay armor to roll around with the huge advantage of now I'm not wearing metal? 
I, I don't think it's going to be real high. And uh, so honestly, with, that, with shark mail and aluminum, I don't see that the cosplay armor being three points would really break anything. Yeah, shark more than it's already shirt. broken. It weighs. Yeah, it, it's the same yeah, as like a wool shirt. So that I would love to, and I don't want to. I don't want to even say V9. I don't want to see V9. I want to see updates to V8. But I think that that would be a cool update to it to give us more incentive to mm-hmm. look more fantasy. I mean, what's a one synthetic max stat right now? Is it one or two? One, one, one. Oh yeah, yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah, nobody's gonna wear that uh, much weight and that much restriction for no, one point. We yeah. have a weird wear <laughs> Yeah, we have a weird thing where we're like, we're trying to be fantasy, we're trying to be historical, we're trying to. And we put Gambison at two, yet leather can go up to four, yet historically Gambison was worn 100% more than leather. Leather is super stupid it when it comes to armor. Yeah, or, like, yeah. It, it just... No, you're, you're right. It's it's dumb and convoluted, and, and we can't make up our minds. I, no. I'm just saying I think it would be good for the image, mm-hmm. and I don't think it would affect gameplay very much. What, would re- what I would like to really see affect gameplay is a dagger I can throw at people. That would make me very happy. Basically saying that heavy thrown weapons can be used for melee if they're 18 inches or greater. With no core. Oh, okay. No core. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I, no core. So it's a heavy weapon, whatever, following the same... Uh, would they, they max out at 18 inches, I think. Yeah. Um, or if they don't... That's what I'm proposing. They max out at 18 inches, and if they're at 18 inches, you can use them for melee. It can't have a core if you want to throw it. Right. Ta-da! Yeah. So now you get to go and like do some Call of Duty stuff with like double hand axes, da, 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 and then like fling them at somebody. It would be super super fun, and it's not going to be game breaking. It's just different. It's just fun. I don't, I you know, I don't know. That I would also like to see as an update, personally. But yeah, um, Naruto the shit out of people. I would cover myself <laughs> in axes and like Naruto throwy things and just fling them around. It would be amazing. It'd be great. Not related to Warrior. I'd also like to see a lot less magic. <laughs> Lots of people I say like that. the magic. Kind of related to Warrior. A lot less flexibility. I don't yeah, know why they right. have like, There's a huge number of spells in the book that aren't used other than as troll spells. And when I say oh, that, yeah. I mean they really don't affect the outcome of a game much, but you have to sit there and look up what it does in the moment. So Some you're effectively disabled for up up to a minute or two trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Well, why because do nobody I uses the spell. Abilities? Why do they get so many abilities? I want to have more right? abilities. It's, it's a right. fundamental problem between melee classes and caster classes. Like, yep. it's it's a giant change because they're like, well, you guys get armor and everything. It's like, yeah. And the so caster can just ignore it. I, I know. I can, As a bard, I can get up to two points and I can walk on the field and be like, hey, I'm as good as a scout and have 40 times more spells. And just... And there's so much overlap between casters. I've seen oh, yeah. wizards that that could do druid stuff and druids that could do wizard stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to see, again, a lot less magic and a lot less overlap. Like, Ooh, a good wizard it. can look at the uh, the sashes on the other team and at a park day shut down half of them. I think it would be a bummer because I hate taking things away. So I, I caution to say it, but putting the thematics back over to specific classes and really having druid scream i am a druid and wizard scream i am a wizard having less crossover there wouldn't hurt me in the long run but again i, I don't mind our current magic system so like it's more like a but having wizards very much do something very wizardy versus the bard doing something very bard mm-hmm. with all the crossover it's kind of but whatever anyways that's that's too much we've been talking for a long time 
and Belfield's taking his armor off. I think that's right. time to go. All right. So I'm going to open up for anybody that has questions in the, the audience. Um, let me get my setting changes going. And we should be audience, able to do I swear that. to God, I have pizza that's been cold for so long. <laughs> Eat this okay. pizza. Um, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jamie. All right. So if you no, have questions, you can unmute yourself and ask them. Um, we're going to try to keep this relatively quick so Jamie can eat and not go diabetic. Gasp, it's my fault. I'm fat, dude. I need it. Yeah, yes, you are fat, Jamie. You are you weigh more than I do, I bet. No, you don't weigh more than I do. I guarantee it. How much do you weigh? Two hundred twenty pounds. Then what am I? Nah, you got me by like twenty pounds. But only by like twenty pounds, and I'm like a foot shorter than you. You're also solid muscle. I got flab. Uh, yeah. I everyone seems to think that. It is not true at all. You are more muscle than I am. I get the muses. <laughs> Sorry, anyways, chat, do you have questions? <laughs> oh, we did have one from your wife, Jamie. Oh, God. Uh, we didn't what do you get to want? answer. Her, <laughs> her question <laughs> was, <laughs> the question is, armor construction question, what the fuck is fluting? Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, raising a channel in the armor. It's not functional at all. It is somewhat structural in that, well, it's not structural for amp guard because you can't hit hard enough to matter. Yeah, <laughs> but in the SCA or Armored Combat League, a flute will increase the rigidity of that piece of armor by giving it a dimension other than the plane that it's in. It also plays great, sweet sounds. <laughs> yes, that too. Uh, give me a minute, and I will give you an example of fluted armor. Oh God! In the chat. Cool. Uh, oh God. Does anyone oh, else have any it. questions? All these people lurking. There we go. Um. All right. Do we have no questions? Seriously, don't feel bad. You can ask questions. I'll start yeah, for seriously. you. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> if I didn't want to be here, I would have left or not shown up. So. <laughs> um. It all looks right. like we don't have any questions. All right. So that's where we're gonna end the podcast today. We. Did so that armor that I posted this. in there was uh, almost entirely composed of fluting. So wow. those ridges that you see raised on it. Cool. I want to look cool. Thing. I'll look at it later. I will put it in the. Uh... Oh no! I'm recording my screen right now. The people can see it. It's right there. Um... Oh, they're so much cooler <laughs> than I am. I can't see it at all. Uh, all right. So that thanks everyone for coming. If you just listened or if you participated, thank you very much. Um, in two weeks, we will have Paragon Healers. Uh, we'll get to see Jamie's better half and. Uh... <laughs> and. Uh... We'll uh, have three guests on that one, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's three. All right. Thank you all for coming. Um, Any closing words from the Paragons? Play Warrior. Play Warrior. Boom. Play Play more Warrior. Get leg armor. Merrick. You're the host. Say something. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> audio John or recorded John is going to recorded Merrick is going to roll us out. So see y'all next time. This has been another episode of the Paragon Path. If you liked what you heard or saw, please drop us a like and follow on YouTube or Spotify or Google Music or anywhere else that you can find us. We have a Facebook page on the path that lets you know when we're recording, what you can join into and what to expect next. We record these episodes live every other weekend on the Kingdom of Polaris Discord. Link is in the comments. If you'd like to learn more, please subscribe, comment, or just drop us a line. As always, 
Happy to see you on the field. See you next time.